When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are New York. Bernie and Sid in the morning. Hot Radio 77. WBC. Good evening, and we're coming on the air at this hour with breaking news. After the U.S. warned all day of a full-scale Russian invasion of Ukraine that it was imminent, Vladimir Putin has just addressed the Russian people moments ago, announcing what Putin called the start of a military special operation, in his words, to demilitarize Ukraine, that Russia would bring in troops, he told Ukrainian troops, to lay down arms and go home. Putin warned outside countries not to interfere. A Russian military operation, it would appear, is now underway. More than 150,000 Russian troops had been surrounding Ukraine for days now. of the show, courtesy of WABC News, specifically David Muir, World News Tonight, 6.30 last night. Uh, despite what some have said, including from John Katsimatidis there right before the start of the show, Russia has started the war in Ukraine. Uh, in the end, Joe Biden, not in, Joe Biden, uh, Vladimir Putin, not intimidated by Joe Biden, not uh, worried about what people in the West think. Not worried about Germany, not worried about anybody else but himself. And the war is now underway in Ukraine. I do see some reporter right now in Brighton Beach talking about how New Yorkers are responding to the Ukrainian attack. Because in Brighton Beach in Brooklyn, there are tons of Russians and Ukrainians. And uh, there's a lot to be said about it. But I have to tell you that as I watch Putin for weeks amass all these troops... Uh, by the Ukraine, this to me was uh, pretty predictable. There was no way he was going to do all of this and not attack. So uh, not that I'm a genius, not by any stretch, but it was uh, relatively predictable. He would do what he did yesterday, and it's only going to get worse. With that said, here he is, the main man, my partner in crime, the genius that is Bernard McGurk. And, uh, (laughs) Bernie, you're not surprised. I mean, let's face it, at the end of the day, 
Joe Biden can uh, announce all the sanctions he wants. He'll do it again today. More sanctions coming. Uh, Putin doesn't care. He just doesn't care. He set out to do this. He's going to do this. And unfortunately, lots of folks are going to die. Uh, no, uh, he clearly doesn't care, uh, you know, as to the results. He's clearly hoping for victory. Look, the guy is in his uh, 70s. He's been uh, forever. He's n- not hid his uh, disappointment that the Soviet Union collapsed. He wants to go back to those days, the glory days, when the Soviet Union was, uh, you know, dominant uh, in the in world affairs. And now they're, they're really, well, not quite just a pimple on the ass of uh, world politics, but... Uh, they're not much in the grand scheme of things, and he wants more as he, uh, you know, he gets older and uh, he, he looks at mortality. Uh, look, the, the scale of the invasion, nobody thought that it would be this large. I mean, they were thinking, of course, those two separatist uh, regions that he declared uh, independent. Uh, you know, but, but nobody thought, you know, Ukraine, I mean, Kiev, yeah. uh, you know, the, yeah. the capital and all that. Yeah. No, this is an all-out, full-scale invasion. And, uh, and he's taking a chance as well, by the way. This could turn out really to be a quagmire for him. You, know, you never know. These, these Ukrainians, by the way, the, the Russians and the Ukrainians, these are, I, 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 in the past I've called them uh, somewhat sarcastically barbarians. These are tough M blankers. Tough, tough, tough. So he goes into Ukraine, and these people fight like animals, like savages. There's no guarantee of success for uh, Putin in this. Uh, yes, there is. The numbers are just way too, uh, way too good in his favor. The, well, uh, yeah, no, he, they, they fight he, listen, hard. There's no, they're going to suffer some casualties, L- that's but the Ukrainians I mean. can't win this. Uh, you just remember Afghanistan. They, they went into Afghanistan in the 80s, and they left with their tails between their legs. True. Despite the, uh, the, 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 you know, the superiority in numbers and arms and all that. Because they just could uh, well, of course, Afghanistan is a little further away, but the uh, Afghanis were not surrendering. They, I mean, they just never surrender. And it was just constant, constant, uh, you know, guerrilla warfare, if you yep. will, uh, yep. terrorism, if you will. And uh, you're going to have the same thing in the Ukraine. So there's no guarantee. Is my, it was, okay, I disagree. I think there is a guarantee they will suffer casualties, but uh, he will do whatever he wants. No one's going to stop him. And uh, he's, uh, you know, hell bent on uh, on uh, on gaining more territory. Bottom line, like you said, you know, kind of developing his legacy as uh, on a daily basis here. Now you mentioned Afghanistan, and I hate to politicize this, but the facts are the facts. My daughter Ava texted me from London this morning, and she goes, "Someone's got to assassinate Putin. This is ridiculous." And I said, "Let me tell you something, Ava. <laughs> if Donald Trump was still in charge, not to politicize this." then this never would have happened. The fact is, when he was the president, there were no Russia invasions in the Ukraine. North Korea was not testing missiles. China never thought about going into Taiwan. All these things were not going to happen. And you mentioned Afghanistan, and I do know that, um, I think at least, that part of the reason why Putin is okay doing this is because he sees what we did after Afghanistan, losing those 13 service members, which was nothing. So in the end, uh, you know, people are dying, and, and that's where you have to start. You know, you have to worry about the people in Ukraine and really worry about them and, and hope the best for them. But we are a political show, so with that said, it's very simple. If Donald Trump was still president, the odds of this happening are? Nil. N- nothing. Of course, as we know and we discussed in uh, previous days, it was Joe Biden who enabled this whole thing. By uh, a, you know, just dismantling our energy sector completely, taking away our leverage over Russia, uh, and you know we import I think eleven, 
I don't know what the, the number is, 11 billion barrels or, of oil every single day. It's a massive number. I don't know if it's million, billion, whatever the hell it is. We import oil from Russia right now, and we, we begging OPEC to pump out more oil, whereas under Trump, we were, produ- we were exporting oil. We were exporting it. We didn't need your stinking oil. And so he enabled it. Uh, he took away our leverage over Russia in that sense and gave Putin more leverage and enriched him. Enriched him to be able to uh, to buy all these arms and to to finance a war like this, and then of course, uh, you know the uh, the stupid uh, the what do you call it? Nord Stream uh, tunnel, right? Uh, the the uh, the pipeline, I should say. Yep. Uh, Joe Biden, after Trump put sanctions on it, they stopped constructing it. Uh, Joe Biden took the sanctions off, and they started building it again, and they've just about completed it right now. And it goes around the Ukraine. The significance is it goes around Ukraine. So it doesn't matter what happens in Ukraine, whereas all the other tunnels go through Ukraine, and it does matter. And so anyway, he allowed uh, uh, Putin and Russia to have this, uh, this, this pipeline that goes directly to Europe, uh, circumventing the Ukraine, enabling them to, when all is said and done, to continue to supply Europe with uh, the energy, and which is what we don't want. Right, I mean, we don't right. want the people we're protecting dependent on the, the p- people we're protecting them from the enemy, sure. for energy. Yeah. One more on this, then we'll get to what we're celebrating today here at the station. Putin has uh, come out and said, uh, if you interfere with me, uh, any of these NATO countries, any Western countries, if you interfere with this... You are going to suffer consequences that you'd never even believe. Is that an empty threat, or can Vladimir Putin deliver on that? No, it's not empty at all. He, uh, the, the, the Russia is, uh, you know, they are the kings of cyber warfare. They can really, really put a hurting on uh, a number of countries. But, but is, is he talking about cyber warfare there? Well, I know well, that he can do that. Or is he, he talking about going in there and blowing stuff up? He's, he's talking about everything. Everything is on the table, including cyber warfare. And keep this in mind to your point, to your question right there. Uh, Russia is in possession of 6,000 nuclear missiles. Now, again, this guy, he's desperate. He's old. He's a former KGB guy. He's a former Soviet Union guy, and he wants this to succeed in the worst way. He'd be, he'd be very happy dying. I know people like you said the last couple of days. He he doesn't. This is not a suicidal mission. I don't know. I think uh, the more I think about it, he'd be very happy dying in a blaze of glory, of glory, I should say, and returning Russia to that place where they once were. I believe well, that. And. Uh, uh, to, validated by the fact that he's all in on this invasion. Nobody predicted this. Nobody predicted this. So he is all in, and, yeah, he has to be. If he's if he's gotten this far, he has to be uh, cool with dying, you know, trying. He has to right, be. Right, right, right. So we should be... Uh, we should be worried, but we should not get involved militarily whatsoever. Agreed. Uh, we will talk to Bill O'Reilly more about this later on in the morning. And, of course, Bernie will have his opinion throughout the day. We're also celebrating today, though, outside of this uh, really disastrous uh, result in Ukraine last night, Black History Month. We've got a couple of very good guests Listen, coming on today. That's another thing. Putin uh, t- taking away the Black History Month's thunder. The dude's dude's a flat-out racist, bro. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Uh, Governor David Patterson's going to stop by today. Ben Carson, he's going to stop by today. Did some uh, homework on this. I guess this thing started 107 years ago. I think the first time we celebrated Black History Month was in or around 1915. Is that wrong, Luke Legrano? What did you find out this morning? 
No, that's about right. I think it was 1915 was the first year. Well, it was and, it, it was, was only a, a week at that time. It was a week, exactly. People decided right. that they wanted to make a right, month out of it. Right. So, who was the, but everybody gets a month these days. Women get a month, and uh, we did the, uh, the Asian thing for a month. Everybody gets a month. Is that right? I'm not sure everyone gets a month. China, there, there certainly is a lot Chinese of Chinese New now. Year lasted hey, like hey, three look, weeks. Look, look it up. It was uh, I believe it was Ronald Reagan who made it a full month as opposed to a week, if I'm not mistaken. I'll look into that, Bert. It was yes. Ronald Reagan. Is that right? I, I, I believe so. I'm not I, a, a yeah, thousand percent correct. I think the month began in the early '70s, maybe. Sounds like, something that like that. Be, yeah. That would be uh, before Ronald Reagan. Right. So it was. It was relatively recent uh, that, that it was a week and then uh, expanded into a month. Maybe it was Carter. I don't know. All right. Well, also it, it does look like it was Reagan. Uh, it was Reagan. Okay. Uh, we'll also talk to Valerie Bertinelli coming up in the nine o'clock hour. Beautiful young actress. At one point, now she's a, a great chef. I actually watch her show on the, the Food Channel. She's very, very good. She's still very cute. And, of course, um, as famous, I would say, her role one day at a time and the cooking show for being the longtime wife of the late, great Eddie Van Halen and the mother, of course, of Wolfie Van Halen. We'll talk to Valerie Bertinelli coming up at 925. So we've got five guests today. Black History Month will celebrate that. But, of course, the theme of today's show will be the Russian invasion of Ukraine which started last night, and now we wait and see just how far Vladimir Putin takes this. 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. Going to be a great show today. Keep it right here. Bernie and Sid, the epic Thursday edition, only on Talk Radio 77, WABC. Sometimes entertaining, sometimes serious, always compelling. This is Talk Radio 77, WABC. WABC Traffic and Transit Already seeing delays on the Gowans Expressway eastbound between the Gowans Canal and Cabin Plaza Barely any movement on the Harlem River Drive south at 2nd Avenue In Hudson Valley on the Sawmill Construction on the southbound side has reduced the road to one lane between Route 120 and Taconic Over to Long Island not, nothing too bad at the moment. The major highways look okay. Just a little bit of slow traffic on the LAE westbound, especially near the Jericho Turnpike. And then we'll take a look over in New Jersey. There's an accident blocking the left lane on the I-80 express lanes near 280 and 287 westbound at the Smith Road ramps. No major transit delays at the moment. Alternate side parking rules are in effect. With traffic, I'm Luke LeGrand for Talk Radio 77 WABC. Hi everyone, it's Larry Kudlow here for Legacy Precious Metals. It's been all over the news, inflation is on the rise. So your retirement account may be in jeopardy and you need to protect yourself. Gold provides a hedge against inflation. This is why wise investors diversify their portfolios with precious metals. As inflation creeps up and the dollar gets less valuable, gold usually holds its value, protecting you and your wealth. It's time for you to diversify with gold. Call my friends at Legacy Precious Metals. Legacy is the company you can trust because they give you unbiased counsel based on your individual situation. Their expert team has over 40 years of combined experience. Inflation is a threat. You need to take steps now to protect yourself. Contact Legacy Precious Metals today. Call 866-915-3292. That's 866-915-3292. Visit LegacyPMInvestments.com and download their free investor's guide. 77 WABC celebrates Black History Month. This Black History Month Minute is sponsored by Goya. I'm Dominic Carter with your Black History Month moment, Kobe Bryant. Drafted right out of Lower Marion High School at the age of 17, 
Bryant won five titles as one of the marquee players in the Los Angeles Lakers franchise. He was a member of the gold medal winning U.S. men's basketball teams at the 2008 Beijing Olympic Games and the 2012 London Olympic Games. In 2015, Bryant wrote the poem, Dear Basketball, which served as the basis for a short film of the same name he narrated. The work won an Academy Award for Best Animated Short Film. A vocal advocate for the homeless, Bryant and his wife, Vanessa, started the Kobe and Vanessa Bryant Family Foundation aimed to reduce the number of homeless in Los Angeles. Bryant, his daughter Gigi, and seven other passengers died in a helicopter crash in January 2020. Proudly sponsored by Goya. Goya offers an amazing variety of rice mixes for all your cooking needs. Visit Goya.com. Celebrating Black History Month. 77 WABC. Newsmax is amazing. Bernie, me, Donald Trump. We watch it all the time. You're going to find Eric Bowling every weekday afternoon. Eric is on Newsmax. He gives you the real news, the real score, and the real truth. Millions are tuning into Newsmax on cable, on streaming, on their apps for the really big news. Eric Bowling, The Balance delivers it all. This week, he exposes the hidden dangers of Biden's inflation to your investments, your home, even your Social Security and Medicare. Find Eric Bowling The Balance every weekday afternoon on Newsmax and discover why millions of cable viewers are making the switch to Newsmax. It's now the fourth highest rated cable news channel and the fastest growing news network in America. Newsmax is on all major cable systems. If your operator doesn't carry Newsmax, call them and tell them you want Newsmax. Download the Newsmax app on your phone. It's free and start watching Newsmax right now. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Right now on 77 WABC, stay informed with Bernie and Sid in the morning. Then at noon, it's Charlie Kirk from 1 to 3 p.m. It's Greg Kelly on 77 WABC. When they begin the begin. It brings back the sound of music so tender, like a night of tropical splendor. It brings back a memory evergreen. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show, heard everywhere on that 77 WABC app. Simulcast out on Eastern Long Island, News Talk 107.1 FM. Also, if you want to watch us on your smart TVs and your computers, it is WABCRadio.tv, and it's a great watch, folks. Check it out. Uh, so, uh, yeah, you got some World War II era songs. A lot of people saying this is uh, a throwback to World War II, what's happening in East well, so, War. Some people are saying this is the beginning of World War III. Right. So this is a throwback to uh, 1939, which was, what, 82 years ago? Yeah. So uh, I thought we'd uh, contribute to that sort of mood. By playing some World War II era songs. Which is brilliant. We... And it's brilliant and it's a great song, but that does now beg the question. You started this, Bernie, now you got to finish it. For folks like my daughter, even my wife, who are deathly afraid that last night 
is the beginning of World War III, I remind them to calm down, take it easy. Uh, should they? Is, should that even be a thought in people's minds? It should be because, uh, uh, as I've said over the past few days, you have what's called the law of unintended consequences. Anything could go wrong. You could have a mistake here, there, uh, or, or, or a, a mistake. Uh, it's something intentional disguised as a mistake. You never know. You just never know. Hopefully not. Hopefully it's confined to uh, just that area, you know, the Ukraine. Hopefully, right, right. God willing. I mean, let, let's pray. Right. Uh, the Chinese don't get involved. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, the Chinese c- could, you know, Russia could b- get, as I mentioned earlier, bogged down in some sort of quagmire. And next mm. thing you know, you see uh, 10 Chinese infantry divisions oh my God. trying to bolster them. I, I mean, who knows? You just never the hell know. And uh, just as, as a, you know, uh, about 11 years ago, uh, a man named Mitt Romney ran against uh, President Obama for the presidency, uh, Obama's second term. And they were you know, they're going back and forth over what kind of threat Russia was. And Romney was, uh, was roundly mocked for saying that, hey, don't discount Russia. Russia is still a big, big threat. He was really, really mocked for it big time. Some say it may be it, it hurt him in the final uh, vote tally on Election Day. But this was the exchange between Obama and Romney. And listen to Obama's smart-ass uh, remark, uh, retort to what, what uh, Romney said. Take a listen. Play that, please, Justin. A few months ago, when you were asked what's the biggest geopolitical threat facing America, you said Russia. Not al-Qaeda. You said Russia. In the 1980s or now, calling to ask for their foreign policy back. Russia, I indicated, is a geopolitical foe. Not a, Number one. Excuse me. It's a geopolitical foe. And I said in the same in the same paragraph, I said, and Iran is the greatest national security threat we face. So uh, and of course, uh, he was right. He, he was he was pretty much right. Now, I mean, he couldn't project that 10 years later that China would be overtake Russia as that, that particular threat. But, uh, yeah, Russia remains 6,000 nuclear missiles. Don't forget that. Well, the, re- the reason why, and it's funny you play that because that was exactly the time, Bernard, when I started to move my sports talk show down in Miami towards politics, which drew the ire of my program director and my boss, because Romney and Obama actually had one of their uh, debates at Lynn University, little Lynn University in Boca Raton, and I was on with Joyce Kalpin that day, and I went to that debate in Boca. And that's when I started to, to develop this, um, this political presence and move away from sports and more towards politics. But, but the reason why he may have been right is, while China is a bigger power right now, they are, I believe, they are a little more responsible than Putin. Putin is just a hothead. He's unpredictable. Uh, as we see now with Ukraine, he'll do what he wants. So even though China's a bigger power, Russia may be more dangerous because you got a guy in charge who just doesn't care. Uh, that very, very true. Absolutely right. He, he, well, he cares, but he's he's now reckless. He he'll do anything. He doesn't uh, right. care what happens. I don't, I don't think Jing would do that. I think the Chinese are a little more. Uh, a, a little more, a little more measured, a yes. little more circumspect, uh, yes. that type of thing. Yes. Hey, listen. Uh, uh, the the fake news is already running interference for the imbecile in chief and uh, the people around him. This is a CBS News tweet from yesterday. Listen to this: The U.S. economy has been hit with increased gas prices, inflation, and supply chain issues due to the Ukraine crisis. 
In other words, they're going to re, uh, they're going to, you know, they're going to revisit the news, uh, essentially, and blame all these things that have been occurring, inflation, gas prices, supply chain issues, on this Ukraine war. Well, they're going to hope. They can't do that. They've already blamed all of it on COVID. Revisionism is what I'm, the word I was looking for there. Right, and right. Uh, so that's CBS News. But uh, a nice try, CBS News, you, you fake news, corrupt, bias, uh, losers. <laughs> Uh, but to here is a bunch of other fake news people, NBC and uh, CNN. To, uh, I think the, 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 we're limited uh, to that in this clip. Take a listen to this. Gas prices that were already at an eight-year high are now spiking. California yesterday hitting an all-time record, nearly $5 a gallon. A crisis in Europe has implications for everyone, John. It's a global market for energy. Any supply disruption from fighting or from sanctions could raise prices further. President Biden pledged to use every tool to blunt gas prices, but he acknowledged they are coming. And it's not just energy. Food costs could also rise. Yeah, every tool every tool would be re-implementing the Keystone XN pipeline, as we've said, ad nauseum for the last few days, and, and opening up these federal uh, oil and gas leases on federal lands, Anwar, and a bunch of others. I mean, we have more energy underneath our ground than any place in the world, and we and Joe Biden handcuffed us and enabled this war to happen. Listen, Senator Lindsey Graham, who is a, a big-time war hawk, uh, you know, I don't always agree with him. In fact, a lot of times I disagree with him when it comes to war, but he did say this last night. I liked what he said. I think you will as well. Listen to this. You want to help the American people? Let's become energy independent again. Why can't we open up Keystone Pipeline? Let's have a vote in the United States Senate and put Democrats on record who want to keep the pipeline shut down. Why can't we go back to aggressive fracking and unfreeze what you just said, limitations on exploring for oil and gas here at home? We are sitting on an abundance of American-owned oil and gas, and we should be exploiting it for our purposes and helping our allies. We should be all in with energy independence. But no, we're getting our ass kicked overseas, and Biden's getting led around by his nose here at home by the left. We're not going to secure our border because he'd piss off AOC. We're not going to drill for oil and gas that we own because the environmental left owns the guy, and Putin is kicking his ass in the Ukraine. They could be more right. Could not be 100% more right. Hundred percent right. Yeah, uh, yeah. They were afraid of the uh, green new dealers, uh, the energy green new dealers, AOC, which is embarrassing. Some uh, former bartender, or some dingbat, oh, essentially. And then he said this. Uh, did uh, Lindsey Graham? Go ahead, play that. I miss Donald Trump. If Donald Trump were president, <laughs> none of this crap would be going on because you got to be strong. When you're weak is when everything falls apart. And Biden is weak, and Trump was strong. There you go. And that, that, that is the bottom line. Uh, weakness begets war. We've said this a million times. Uh, it's it's got to be peace through strength, and that's what we had under Donald Trump and would have had had he been reelected. Uh, Trump said this yesterday. He did an interview yesterday, and he commented on, of course, the late-night invasion. I was up myself uh, midnight uh, monitoring this nonsense, which I hate, by the way. Anyway, this is what Trump said. Well, look, I do know him, and I know him very well. We've had many, many uh, times together. I got along with him fantastically, despite the fact that I shut down Nord Stream 2. Nobody would have heard of Nord Stream 2 if it weren't for me. I'm the one that shut it down, and I'm the one that told uh, Angela, you're doing a terrible thing by doing this, and they were going to get 75%, not 30%, 75% of their energy from Nord Stream 2. It was ridiculous. I sent them a white flag, a flag of surrender. I gave it to She said, what does this mean? I said, that means you'll surrender 
as far as Russia is concerned. They've had a lot of conflicts <laughs> over the centuries. So I think that it's a it's a terrible thing. Uh, the way it started, I really don't believe he wanted to do this initially. I think he wanted to do something and negotiate, and it just got worse and worse. And then he saw the weakness. And, you know, it really started, I think, with the weakness in Afghanistan, Bang. the way they pulled out of Afghanistan. I really believe that's where he started thinking, you know, he can do this. If only, if only he was the commander-in-chief. Now, I have one last thing. And oh, this by the is... way, you should give credit to uh, Laura Ingram and Fox News. That's where uh, President Trump was on last night. That's where he got the Well, what happens? Yeah. Do, I get, do I get fined if I don't give them credit? Yeah, you do. No, I don't. <laughs> not at all. That was uh, President Trump on Fox <laughs> News last night yeah. and uh, stating, uh, you know, fact, reality, real politic. But uh, these other three clowns, uh, by contrast, these, these are the chicken hawks. You have Pelosi. Schiff, Swalwell, maybe one other here in this montage. Just listen to these uh, these these gung ho uh, warriors. Take a listen to this. I think that one thing that we all agreed upon: the uh, attack on the Ukraine by the Russians is an attack on democracy. Putin is terrified by the prospect of a democracy at his border. What is our democracy worth? Nothing. If we're not able and willing <laughs> to stand against an invasion. Of another democracy. So these three uh, mutts, uh, all of a sudden they're, they're concerned about democracy after spending three plus years perpetrating a hoax, trying to trying to overthrow a presidency. You talk about uh, uh, wanting to have a strong democracy. They try, and they, knowing that the uh, Russia collusion thing was false, yep. they still tried to overthrow a sitting president with a hoax, and now all of a sudden democracy is so important, democracy, democracy, democracy. And, they, again, uh, all in, I want us to get more and more involved. Uh, typical Democrats, same thing back in the Iraq war, the Democrats, all in, let's do it, let's do it, let's uh, do be it. Be careful. The Iraq war was bipartisan. All the Republicans were in, too. All I, I, no, no, they were. You're right. All the, of them. The, the Democrats, the traditionally anti-war Democrats, though, all of a sudden now pro-war, and uh, it's just uh, everything is uh, ass backwards. And these people are just liars and hypocrites. And, uh, you know, Putin was the boogeyman. He was the guy, you know, you criticize Putin, you're criticizing Trump. And that's their that petty little stupid motivation right there. I, I will and tell it, you this, though. You talk about weakness with, uh, with Joe Biden. And, and I remember I keep saying this to the Bernard because I felt that way. It seemed like every week there was a terrorist attack. When Barack Obama was president, whether it was in Paris, you had those attacks, you had Brussels, here in the United States, you had uh, Tennessee, you had California, the Christmas party. It just seemed like every week there was another attack and he never got angry. Never. It was always like, don't be mad at your Muslim neighbors. That's all he cared about. He didn't care about the, the young, the, the, you know, the innocent people dying in the streets. So when Joe Biden goes on television today to announce there are more sanctions, I think I'll be equally as nauseous watching him uh -huh. as I was watching Obama after every terrorist attack. All I wanted was somebody to get pissed. And Biden today is going to announce more sanctions. Who cares? And, you know, and uh, to your point and on the way out, and this is so timely and it's funny you bring it up because we have Bill O'Reilly coming on this morning. Uh, I'm reading Killing the Killers, and it, he highlights just what you just said. Really? Yes. That is part of uh, the, the book, uh, the, how uh, Obama's cavalier attitude. Yeah. Starting with uh, James Foley getting his head lopped off while, while Obama was golfing and he's annoyed. 
that he has to come off the golf course and address that. Well, by the way, two people, press. my good friend Stephen Sotloff, and I talk to his mother, Shirley, all the time, journalist out of Miami, he also had his head uh, taken off by Jihadi John. Right. Two people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all, all, under, all under Obama, a very, uh, you know, apathetic Obama. And also, uh, you know, he called uh, ISIS the JV team. All this stuff is in Bill O'Reilly's book, Killing the Killers. It's a great book. Anyway, O'Reilly will have a tremendous insight into this whole thing at 8.40 this morning when we interview him uh, during Black History Month celebration. And, tra- you know, the clip of the day, uh, uh, Justin, I do not see it. Traffic and Sports is coming up next. Right now it is time for the WABC Clip of the Day. It is Bo, oh, it's Bo Deedle in his podcast. Listen yeah. to the Bo Deedle. How do you, how do you uh, on Black History Month, how do you have White Bo do the cut today and not Black Bo? We got a Bo Snurdly. How do you go with Bo Deedle? It's Black History Month celebration. Well, uh, apparently some white person uh, <laughs> said, listen, let's go with the white boat. I guess. Uh, you know, let's, uh, so you read into that what you like. Is Chris, is Chris Libertini white? Is that? Okay. Uh, I guess uh, so. I guess so. Y- yeah, but, uh, you know, uh, he's white. Yeah, let's go with that. Let's play Bo Deal. Go ahead. So I end up running, and again, I went to South Jamaica, all the black neighborhoods. I didn't care. I was a cop in every black neighborhood. I was the servant to the black community all the time I was on the police department. So nobody can run that crap about black, white. I saw black on black crime. I picked up a lot of dead children. My last case was 10 dead, including eight children dead. So when people talk about black and white, I don't see black and white. I see Americans. This is Sid on Sports. Sponsored by Peerless Boilers on 77 WABC. All right, no sports teams in action last night, but we get some NBA tonight after the All-Star break. The eight-seed Brooklyn Nets, they are back on the court tonight, taking on the Boston Celtics. And they signed a former big-time guard, Phoenix Suns, also Miami Heat, Goran Dragic. He's reunited with Brooklyn Nets head coach Steve Nash. Here was Goran yesterday. We are friends, but uh, you know it's all business. You know he's coach. He's uh, he's been my mentor, and uh, he's my mentor again. Basically, you know he's coach. He's mentor of all these guys, and I think so. He's doing an amazing job. The Knickerbockers are back on the court tomorrow night. They're the 12th seed in the East right now, nine games under 500. They'll host the Miami Heat at Madison Square Garden. They announced yesterday they have shut down Kemba Walker for the rest of the season. Here's Knicks head coach Tom Thibodeau on that move. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it works out. I want to see where Derek is tomorrow. You know, Alec. You know, quick. We we have some options. Did you have a conversation with Kemba? That, that was handled with Leon and, and uh, Kemba's agent. All three hockey locals uh, in action tonight. Back on the icy Islanders in San Jose taking on the Sharks. The Rangers at Madison Square Garden, they're taking on the Capitals. The Devils are in Pittsburgh taking on the Penguins. And one final baseball note, MLB has announced it will begin canceling regular season games if the league and the lockout does not come to terms by Monday. As Justin Ellick wrote earlier, the clock is ticking. Sports. Brought to you by our dear friend Pete Morgan and the fine folks at Peerless Spoilers. Check them out today and every day. PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com. They do build America's best boilers. With sports, I'm Sid. Can't see nothing in front of me. Can't see nothing coming up behind. Make my way through this darkness. I can't feel nothing but this chain that binds me. Lost track of how far I've gone. 
Back here on the Bernie and Sid in the Morning Show, celebrating Black History Month today, but of course, uh, tepid celebration because of the latest news. Russia has invaded Ukraine as of last night. Now, uh, as Bernie always talks about, we want you to download this show, get the 77 WABC app, listen to Bernie and Sid, any city, any state, quite frankly, any country around the world. You could be in Kiev this morning listening to me and Bernie Sid, which wouldn't be a bad idea. You could also watch us. Every morning on WABCRadio.tv, Gabby Lopez, Chad's daughter, does an amazing job with this television uh, broadcast. And if you're watching us right now, Gabby has a video up, a live video, a highway. It's actually a street in Kiev, Ukraine, leading to the highway. Traffic going into the city. You see, I don't know, one or two cars every couple of minutes. But traffic leaving the city, because, of course, they're trying to evacuate is at a dead stop. You see hundreds and hundreds of cars at a dead stop as folks continue to try to leave Kiev, Ukraine. But going into the city, no problem, no traffic at all. <laughs> it's uh, just like the BQE. Exactly like the just BQE. Just like the BQE. Exactly right. So, and by the way, you know where they're all headed, all those people in, the, in those cars? And why they waited until now. Makes no uh, sense. I'll, I'll never know, of course. Right. But, uh, right. yes, they're all headed towards Poland. They're trying to get the hell out to Poland, and the question is whether or not Poland will allow them into the country. But so across Bronx! Yeah. <laughs> Stuck in traffic. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, is it too early to joke around yet? I don't know. I mean, can you play Steve What, about Smith? the war? Yes. Of course. No, it's not too early. It's not too early. Not at all. No. I mean, it's a, it's a war halfway around the world between the Ukraine and, and Russians. You know, no. it's, funny, it's funny you said that because... It, there's on, no third rail here. Well, there's no third rail, but we, we, we talked this morning when we opened the show. I was telling you that New York One was doing a feature. Memminter, somebody is in the streets in Sheepshead Bay as we speak because, again, Brighton Beach, that area, a lot of Russians, a lot of Ukraines... So I said to uh, Justin during the break, as we were kind of laughing about the video, I said, listen, when it hits Sheepshead Bay, I'll start to worry about it. Then I felt a little guilty afterwards, but now, once again, I don't because of what you just said. <laughs> well, there have been 40 people uh, killed, but still, it is one of those things. It's, it's a news story. I mean, it's, uh, we do it all the time. We, we don't wait for a news story to age a week. I mean, uh, the old adage, of course, uh, you know, tragedy plus time equals comedy. It, it applies to certain things, but uh, not this. Not this and not a lot of other things. This is fair game. If you want to joke, it's, it's a war. It's a yeah. traditional uh, type of war, you know. One country invaded another, and uh, I guarantee you they'll be doing jokes uh, on some of these lame comedy shows tonight. Oh, for sure. Their, no doubt. Yeah. No so doubt. so we, we good. You know, we cool. We you cool. know what I'm saying? We cool. Well, let's get it uh, back to home. We care more about what's going on here, uh, and that is Eric Adams specifically. We talk about the mayor every damn day. But, uh, you know, listen, as, as, as tough as I've been on Eric Adams, and you for that matter, Bernard, he hates me more than he hates you, but so does everybody. Uh, but we've both been difficult on, uh, on Eric Adams. He, uh, he has been out there trying to get rid of all these mandates, the vaccine mandates. I like that. I've had enough 
Uh, really, it doesn't bother me all that much these days. You live on Long Island, so you've basically been mandate-free forever. The yeah, city okay. has been more of a pain in the ass, but uh, to his credit, and I will give credit when credit is due, at least Eric Adams is on the right side when it comes to vaccine mandates. Well, it's funny you should bring that up, Sid Rosenberg, because uh, he, he spoke about it last night, and, yeah, he was uh, he, he wants to get rid of them. He wants the city to go back to, uh, well, listen to the way he uh, uses the word normalcy, but uh, <laughs> he did speak about that last night, and, uh, and this is what he said. Take a listen. I can't wait to get it done. I'm not going to get ahead of the science because I'm ready to get ahead of all of this and get back to a level of normalcy. <laughs> What's that? Uh, that's what I'm saying. No, normalcy. No. You know, that's just me being a, a, a mean. Uh, uh, listen, I, I like, you know, Eric is uh, he's comfortable speaking. There are times when he's actually really, really good. There are other times he makes Chris Russo sound like Shakespeare. Right. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. I hear you, Ahmed, bro. <laughs> normalcy. Listen, he's not. Uh, he, I, I guess he didn't major at speaking of Shakespeare in uh <laughs> You know, in college, he didn't major in that. But uh, that's fine. We don't care as long as you can fight crime and you can Bottom end bail. Line, that's Sydney. it. That, that, you know what I'm saying? Okay, squash I don't the. Care. Put yeah. him in jail. Eric Adams wants to be a hero. If he went to Albany this afternoon and just without any warning punched Carl Hasty across the face and knocked him out unconscious, Eric Adams would be beloved by by millions, including me. I would completely change my mind on everything. He'd be the greatest mayor ever. Just go up to Albany and cold cock Carl Heasty right in front of everybody. You know how they they combined uh, Lincoln's birthday and Washington's birthday into one holiday? Yes. They would combine uh, Martin Luther King's birthday <laughs> and Eric Adams' birthday into one holiday if he did just that. Punch Carl Heasty in the face for allowing uh, uh, untold tens of thousands of innocent people, mostly minorities, yeah. getting murdered in the streets. He would be a hero, and maybe he would knock some sense into that uh, right. that, that, that idiot. That, that, that he feels so insulated and comfortable up there in Albany. Uh, he doesn't take any heat. And, yes, yeah, so Eric Adams, yes, he would, he would become... Yeah, you know, right up there with Martin Luther King, no question. See, that has been part of the back-and-forth argument, or the, like Lydia Serrani, for example, came on the day and said, hey, there's just so much Eric Adams can do, and she's right. She's right about that. But, uh, and you've been saying this, too, i got to give you credit, Bernard, you've been saying name and shame. Go out there, and if you can't change something, if you don't have the power to do it, then at least call out the people that do. You know, take shots at Andrea Cousins. And, Relentlessly. Relentlessly. Right, right. You have the bully pulpit. You are a media darling. You can do it, and you should do it. And if you don't do it, you, then your heart apparently is not in it. Right, and then you become part of the problem. And, and that's been my uh, rub with Eric Adams, too, is that he never does that. So while he's uh, having these ongoing conversations with people in Albany and he's telling the New Yorkers the right things, listen, I want criminals behind bars, blah, 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 if he leaves and nothing changes and we don't hear him going after the folks that are responsible for the legislature, then at the end of the day, how do you not hold him somewhat responsible? So the, the idea that, well, there's only – only do so much that's where he fails in that he's got an opportunity at the very least at the very least to humiliate some people and to, to save lives and that's the bottom line you're not saving lives you're allowing innocent people to be killed and murdered assaulted uh the majority of them black and latino and and if you don't do everything you can do you have blood on your hands i'm, I'm sorry i mean you, i know you can't uh, vote and change the laws and force hasty to bring it to a vote, but you can name and shame relentlessly. You can, if, if your heart was in it, 
You can do it, Eric Adams, and it's not too late. Let's go, bro. Let's right. go. Let's do that. You got the vaccine mandate. I was happy to hear that. I'll give Eric Adams more credit this morning. I did take the trains again yesterday. I went tanning. You can see I've got a beautiful tan on, on, uh-huh. the, uh, on the TV broadcast. So it's four stops, Bernie, from 103rd and Broadway to 73rd and Broadway. And um, almost every stop, I did see police presence. That is the second time in the last four days I've taken the one, the two, or the three train, both uptown and downtown. And I've seen significantly more police inside the train stations than I saw the last two years, maybe even completely. Combined. So good. Uh, yes. So I'll give Eric Adams some credit there too. I'm, listen, I, I'm not. I'm not above giving Eric Adams credit when, in fact, I see something I like to see. Now I'm still leaving the city in the next month or so. I'm out of here. But but Bye-bye. I'll give him credit when credit is due, and I do see more of a police presence in the subways. Well, that's good, and that is uh, to Eric Adams' credit. Let me ask you this: uh, just a slice of life, New York City life. When you ride the subways, two questions: a are you wearing a mask? I've never and, worn a mask from day one, even when it was at its most deadly point two years ago. The answer is no. I like what I hear. I like what I hear. And you know that's true, by the way. Yeah, see, you <laughs> take your mask and shove it. Yeah, see? <laughs> so and are the police in the subways wearing masks? No, no. Oh, no, this is great. You, no, this but, is great. But I would say that 99% of the folks, the strap hangers on the subway, are wearing masks, including, this is the best part, including the filthy, disgusting, laid-out homeless. They're wearing masks. Wearing masks. <laughs> I mean, they're, right, they're laying in their own feces. They've got 90,000 diseases. It still reminds <laughs> me. It still, and you bring this up all the time, Bernie. It's great. I saw it on Netflix uh, this weekend. Again, they were promoting it. George Carlin, uh, that great bit that he does about disease when he says. Oh, he, yes. <laughs> he talks about giving you the, uh, the alcohol swab before you get the lethal injection. Right, 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 right. <laughs> So here you've got the homeless just riddled with all kinds of diseases. COVID is the least of the issues, but they're all wearing masks. Right. You've got fleas and roaches crawling all over them, and uh, as you point out, all kinds of excrement. And uh, But but they're wearing a mask. Wearing that a means, mask. That means yeah. they're virtuous. Yes, they are. They care about you. Right. So you can stay there and sleep because you have your mask on. <laughs> we got a uh, cavalcade of big-name guests stopping by today. Over the next three hours, five big-name guests as we celebrate Black History Month and talk about this Ukraine-Russia deal. We'll start with the man himself, the owner of Red Apple Media, the boss of this station. Does a great job every weekday afternoon, catch at night, every Sunday morning, catch round table. Love him like a brother, like a father, the great John Katsimatidis. He'll be coming up uh, shortly at uh, 7.05, at 740 Celebrating Black History Month, former governor and one of Bernie's favorite people, the great David Patterson. He'll be here. Love that guy. I, I really know you do. do. Uh, coming up at 840, we'll talk to Bill O'Reilly. What a perfect guest today with Russia invading Ukraine last night. Also a great guest today, 905, celebrating Black History Month. Ben Carson, who you may remember early on in that 2015-16 Donald Trump campaign when you had 16 or 17 Republicans going after each other. For a couple of weeks there, Ben Carson was right on top. You remember that. Uh, yeah, his ascendancy was, uh, it was rapid, but it was brief. But it was there, well, ne- then nevertheless. He, he told that stupid story about his mother. Remember that? Beating him up with a stick and all that? Yeah, yeah. That, that hurt him. It that was, hurt him. It was awkward. Yeah. But uh, listen, the guy's a, a freaking brain surgeon. Yes, he is. And he's just a brilliant guy and a, a survivor. And, uh, of course, uh, you know, he was the HUD secretary under uh, Trump for a long time. Four years. Yep. Yeah. So, no, listen, that's a great guest. Ben Carson. I love Ben Carson as well. And then coming up at 925, actress, tremendous cook. 
and a sweetheart all around, the lovely Valerie Bertinelli. So five guests about to come your way. It's going to be a very exciting three hours. This is the Thursday edition of the best talk show anywhere in the country. We are Bernie and Sid in the morning right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. If you had an accident, trust Gabu Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabu Law has recovered millions for their clients and they will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo and Facebook. Call Gabu Law today. 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G-A-B-O-Law.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident. Making the other uh, move to Monday Night Football, it looks like getting that Tony Romo money, about eighteen million dollars a year. I don't know who the uh, the play by play guy is. I know Joe Buck's contract is also up with Fox. What network was it? That was uh, he moves from Fox to ESPN. Aikman, and then uh, Al Michaels really wanted Troy Aikman to join him on NBC on Thursday nights. I guess Chris Collinsworth, his deal is done, but um, that's not happening. They are talking to guys like Tom Brady. Sean McVay, the coach of the Rams, just won the Super Bowl. There was some talk that he may retire, end up in the booth. Who knows? But Troy Aikman on his way to Monday Night Football and getting that FU Tony Romo-like money, which I believe equates to about $18 million a year. Wow. That, was a, good, that was a good pairing uh, between uh, uh, Aikman and, uh, and Buck. Buck. Yeah, so... Uh, an end of uh, an era right here, huh? Yeah, although you didn't like it, either did I, when they were uh, tough on the flyovers. Remember that? Oh, yes, the idiots when they were mocking a <laughs> uh, patriotic yeah. flyover. Yeah, yeah, that was rough. You know what? I take it back. <laughs> I'm glad they split up. You're right. Thanks for reminding me. You're welcome, bro. 1-800-848-WABC. John Katsimatidis, Governor David Patterson, Bill O'Reilly, Bill, uh, Ben Carson, and Valerie Bertinelli, all about to come your way the 7 o'clock hour of Bernie and Sid. Right after Deb with the news. Back here on the Bernie Sid Show. We are heard everywhere, ladies and gentlemen, on that 77 WABC app simulcast out on Eastern Long Island, News Talk 107.1 FM. And if you want to watch on your smart TVs, on your computers, just go to WABCradio.tv. Trust me, it's an interesting watch, folks. A little Glenn Miller to, uh, well, this could be the beginning of World War III, what's happening out in Ukraine with the Russians. And so Glenn Miller, a little throwback to World War II, if you will, folks. I took that liberty. But this morning, we are celebrating Black History Month. And to that end, we will speak with uh, former Governor David Patterson later this hour. We will speak to later in the show to the brilliant Ben Carson. And, uh, of course, we will uh, uh, a regularly scheduled Thursday guest, Bill O'Reilly, will break down this Ukraine-Russian thing and, and how out of control it might get or might not get. We're going to find out. But in the meantime, 
to commemorate uh, Black History Month on 77 WABC. This man saved, single-handedly saved this radio, this vaunted radio station, and he's just a great guy. He's, uh, well, he's also a philanthropist, just a wonderful man. His name is Mr. John Katsimatidis. He hosts a show at 5 o'clock here on 77 WABC every afternoon. Let's bring him in right now. Good morning, Mr. Katz. Well, Bernie, I got to tell you something. You sound great. You sound strong. You sound like uh, you're ready to run a marathon. <laughs> That's kind of you to say, I, uh, Mr. Katz. And yeah, I feel and pretty I good. Feel Thank good you. about that. I, I appreciate you acknowledging that. Thank you, sir. I really do. And uh, I, I will tell you, it looks like uh, uh, with uh, what's going on in Europe and in Ukraine, we are getting preempted a little bit in our celebration of Black History Day of Black History Month. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, uh, you know, the mail must go through, and we're we're doing it. And uh, we have an entire day of celebrations. Uh, uh, we're going to have a roundtable, like you said, on, on WABCRadio.tv uh, that uh, we're experimenting. We're going to be launching a television network of the WABC on our own. Uh, so right now we're still in the experimental stages. Uh, we're going to have live at uh, 12 noon uh, a roundtable discussion with uh, Charlie Rangel, David Patterson, uh, A.R. Bernard, uh, Carl McCall, uh, and an interesting day. And, and, and what you said about uh, WABC being uh, part of New York, a part of the New York tri-state area, it's true. That's what we're trying to do. We are with every community. We want to bring uh, every community together. And uh, uh, that's what it's all about and, uh, uh, today on Black History Day. Uh, a true historian is David uh, Patterson. I mean, he's got a mind uh, of uh, he, he's got an Einstein mind. <laughs> and and I, uh, I, I ask you to ask him to give you a whole history of how far uh, black America has come into New York. Uh, it has come through our country. Uh, I think Martin Luther King, if he was alive today, uh, he would be proud of uh, uh, what is going on and how far the, the black community has come. And, and at the fact, is there prejudice? There's always a little prejudice regardless. Always. But 99%, I think it's in the high 90s that there, there is less prejudice than ever before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think the black community has, uh, and you hear it uh, from people like David Patterson and, and uh, Dominic Carter and uh, uh, Bo Schnedley, uh, that, that uh, it's up to each individual, whether you're black, uh, orange, uh, white, to do whatever you can to make sure you're successful. Uh, and what say you guys? No, I agree. But that orange comment is for me, obviously, John. But, you know, you talk about different communities in New York and uh, by your beautiful Ocean Drive buildings in Coney Island, that Sheepshead Bay area of Brooklyn, a lot of Russians, a lot of Ukrainians moving away from Black History Month for a second, and the news at hand. I know you're a little surprised this morning, based upon our conversations you and I had on this show on Monday, that Putin did go in yesterday and went with that type of power, and it looks like he's going to be relentless here. So what are your thoughts this morning? You did seem to think on Monday that Putin would not do this, and he has done this. I didn't think he was actually going to pull the trigger. I thought he was going to threaten. 
Uh, well, he did get his uh, to his satisfaction. He get get oil. Brent is at 105 this morning. 106. Uh, normal uh, WTI uh, crude oil is over 100. Uh, so he's got that portion of it. Uh, I hope, and I'll give you my next prediction, that he's going to try to not have any uh, civilian uh, casualties. And I hope it doesn't break out to a war war. And uh, that's my hope and prayer right now. Because uh, uh, you don't need 25,000 people dying between Russia and Ukraine. Right. They're one people. They're very close people. Uh, the, the Russians' cousins live in Ukraine. And uh, I, I just hope that there's a lot of restraint. And I hope there's restraint uh, in the entire system because, uh, I mean, worst-case scenario is at the same time China tries to do something with Taiwan. Uh, yeah, that would be uh, horrendous. And they are, uh, you know, forming some sort of alliance. Uh, they did so at the Olympics, and they made joint statements. Uh, so that would be – that would not pour, uh, bode well for the United States of America. Mm. And with this administration, too, uh, being as weak as it is, they could really run roughshod over us and our policy. But, but Mr. John Katsimatidis on the Bernie and Sid Show, Mr. Katsimatidis is the CEO of Red Apple Media – the owner of WABC Radio, T, uh, WABC Radio, and again, at noon today, WABCRadio.tv, a roundtable on Black History Month. Uh, so back to Black History Month, uh, Mr. Katsimatidis, you point out that, uh, you know, racism, prejudice, bigotry, and all that stuff is really at a minimum today, and I would posit that uh, it was. We, we were going along for a long time in this country, in this city, Everybody, there's, you know, people love each other. People are respectful of each other. And then you had this uh, unfortunate George Floyd incident, and you had people uh, actually exploiting that to divide us because they want us divided. But uh, the truth of the matter is we're not divided. We're, we're actually united. We saw it all backfire, and people are coming together these days and now showing respect for the police and, uh, you know, locking hands uh, against criminals, et cetera, et cetera. So I think we're swinging back after a couple of years of really rocky racial division. But uh, all in all, we are united, I, I, I believe, in New York City and across the country. Uh, Bernie, you're 100% right. And, uh, you know, what happened with Black Lives Matter, there, there weren't that many of them. There were a couple of individuals. There were individuals that created uh, and energized a few other individuals. But by and large, when people found out that the organization Black Lives Matter was a fraud and all, the, all the, these people were doing was glomming money from the community and going and buying homes in Beverly Hills, going and buying mm -hmm. homes in, in Canada, it's a, it was a fraud. Uh, by and large, uh, the black community, the, uh, I grew up in Harlem, uh, in the inner uh, circle of the uh, communities in New York, want safety in their streets. And the only thing I ask for from all politicians, I am pro-common-sense Democrats, I am pro-common-sense Republicans, and all I ask for them is 8.5 million New Yorkers. Eight and a half million New Yorkers want safe streets. 
That's not a, mm-hmm. you know, that's what they, they, they deserve, safe streets. And if you have 3,000, 4,000 criminals that are terrorizing our citizens, put them away. Bernie, you remember the old adage, three strikes and you're out? Indeed. Well, at, at what point are they out? After, and I'm talking about violent crimes. I'm not talking about uh, uh, jaywalking. I'm not talking about anything like that. I'm talking about violent crimes. Four violent crimes, five violent crimes, ten violent crimes. At what point do you say, this guy cannot be re- rehabilitated? Right. At what point do you, do you put the safety of our citizens, the safety of our people living in New York, above yep. the, the need of the criminal? Well, and that's and, why... And that's, this is what our politicians have to realize. And that's why it's important for our politicians to measure their words, too. You've been listening, John, this morning. You heard me give Eric Adams credit a couple of times, which is not easy for me. <laughs> but there is a larger police presence on the subways. Good job by Eric Adams. I like the vaccine mandate deal. Good job by Eric Adams. But, but as we celebrate uh, Black History Month here and Black History Day on this station, he's also the same guy that is not far removed from calling white cops crackers and taking out white journalists who don't agree with his narrative. So that's why on a day like today, or what Eric Adams has said the last couple of weeks, becomes really irresponsible. You know that, John. I know you know that. Well, you know, but don't, don't forget uh, that remark was made years ago, and he was among uh, uh, people uh, in the inner circle of, uh, and that's how the people in the inner circle talk. I hear you. You know, wh- whether you put a bunch of Irish guys together, whether you put a bunch of Jews together, whether you put a bunch of <laughs> Greeks together. That's funny. They have their own way of talking. Come on. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. the truth is the truth. I mean, you know, I mean, you put a bunch of Greeks together, they're going to talk about how, bad, you know, how badly they're going to talk about the Turks. <laughs> <laughs> you know? It's true. Right. It's, it's true. A, it's real talk. Uh, that, speaking, but that's the way it happens. And, and look, Eric, I. Adams, I am with him. I stand by him. And he wants to do a good job. And if we all stand by him and uh, and uh, Governor Hochul, that's the only hopes we have right now is Governor Hochul and Eric Adams. And don't forget, when he went up to see uh, Stuart Cousins and Hasty, they told him to pound sand. And I think uh, uh, Hasty and Stuart Co- uh, and Co- uh, Cousins has to realize the people in the city of New York deserve to be safe. That's all I'm asking for them. I'm not asking for them to, to change uh, philosophies or anything. Just keep the people of the city of New York safe. Yep. New York is the greatest city in the world. And let's bring it back, guys. As we celebrate Black History Month, Black History Day on 77 WABC, we are speaking to the CEO of Red Apple Media, John Katz-Matidis, on the Bernie and Sid Show. And Mr. Katz, I would say, uh, just on a positive note, I mean, forget all the negative stuff, uh, the, the contributions that African Americans have made to this uh, society, culturally, entertainment-wise, of course, private business, private enterprise. You have this latest that, uh, you know, wasn't Thomas Edison that came up with the light bulb. It was a black man. But that aside, I mean, the vibrancy that uh, the, the African African American community brings to this city and this country is, uh, I mean, you just can't ignore it. It's, it's, it's massive. It's huge. Uh, sports, uh, uh, you know, entertainment, as I mentioned, culturally, you can't ignore it. It, it is a great contribution. I, I agree 110%. And uh, back on the Ukrainian thing, when we celebrated Russian New Year and said you were there, yep. 
we had a city councilwoman that represents Coney Island, uh, your neighborhood, uh, that uh, uh, was is, is from the Ukraine. And maybe we should make an attempt to uh, get her on your show and and find out uh, from the Ukrainian point of view what the heck is going on. Oh, I love that lady. So do you, Bernard. She represents yes. the Midwood section, Sheepset Bay, Brighton we Beach. On. We had her on. You've had her on two or three times. She, by the way, she's a beautiful lady, beautiful, and she does represent that area, which is once again heavily populated, as John intimated just now, by Ukrainians and Russians. We will get her on. Is her name Elena? Elena something or other? Yeah, something like there that. There you go. We'll get her on. Something like yes. that. Yes. Hey, John, listen, uh, once again, we love being a part of these days, me and Bernard, the whole station, and uh, certainly the African-American community deserves this day and this month. Thank you so much for restoring some values to this station and to this city. You know we love you. Have a great day today. We'll talk again later on. Thank you so you much. Too. I will Th- see you later. All thank, right, John, take you, care. Sir. There he is, the owner of Red Apple Media, the host, of course, of Cats at Night, 5 p.m. weekdays here on the station, and the Cats Roundtable, now 8 a.m. every Sunday morning. More important than boss, our real friend, and that is John Katz. He, he's such a truly a good person a good, with a he great is. heart, a great heart, and, uh, yeah, uh, as I pointed out, a philanthropist and uh, just an honest, fair man, uh, based on our my experience with him and yours as well. Oh, 100%. Sure. Yeah. And, and, and a very smart man at that, although I'm still waiting for him to point out one of those one of those uh, common-sense Democrats he keeps talking about. Uh, <laughs> who is that? Oh, I guess Joe Manchin. He's Bill a common-sense Democrat. Bill, Bill Moore. Uh, Matt Taibbi. There you go. Uh, there are, no, there but they're the, not politicians. I'm talking about politicians. Uh, politicians? You got Joe Manchin. Anybody else? Uh, Kirsten Cinema. All right, there's two. Anybody else? Anybody in this city? Uh, I mean, I think, there was, I think there was a time when Chuck Schumer was that guy, but that's over. Anybody? Uh, maybe. Uh, well, I was going to say Tom Swazi. He comes close, but he's kind of he's kind of oily. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not sold on Tom Swazi, so I, I retract that comment. Right. So. Uh, who are they? <laughs> so uh, yeah, you know what? Give, give me a, give me five minutes on the other side of the break. I, I, I think I think common sense Democrats are kind of like white supremacists. When you find <laughs> one, let us know. More of Bernie and Sid right after this. It's funny. Bill O'Reilly here, and I'm warming up from the NRIA.net studios in New York. Stand by for the O'Reilly Update Morning Edition. On this Thursday, I do not think that bashing President Biden over Russia is fair. Not at this point. Yes, he has showed weakness in Afghanistan, and that may have emboldened Putin. May have. Speculation. It is true that Mr. Biden is having a hard time governing this nation. Facts prove that. But the White House reaction to the Ukraine invasion has been initially responsible. Remember, Putin has to convince the European nations to cooperate with him, and so he can't be too bellicose on the situation, at least immediately. So remember that. That's important. Mr. Biden has promised to keep economic pressure on Putin and Russia, and also promised that NATO will remain united in that effort. The American people are partially responsible for all this chaos, not only in Ukraine, but also in America, because they elected, or we elected, a weak president, Biden. Maybe all of us can learn a lesson here. 
weakness is not good. You may not like the strong political candidate, and that is your right. But the weak political candidate will always hurt us. That is the Morning O'Reilly Update. More analysis later on. Why are you playing this song now? This is... Uh I know it's back at 740. It works, it's fine. It was just the Andrews sisters or something. My God. You know, I saw this... Uh, Actually, it's Nicki Minaj. Yeah, I saw these uh, ladies. I, I've seen them a couple of times now. One of them sat in with me and Bernie when we did our broadcast live many years ago from the Veterans Day Parade when the Brosie was still here. And then I saw her again when I went to visit Laura Curran when Laura was uh, running against um, a Blakeman. And uh, what is the name of these guys? They're, they're, they're a knockoff of the Andrews sisters, like 60 years later. Oh, yeah, 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 whatever. You know what I'm talking about, Bern? Of course, yeah. They're, 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 they're attractive young ladies in military uniforms. Yes, and, yes. Uh, and they do all these uh, Andrews sisters numbers. By the way, you're talking about uh, Curran and Blakeman. You know, Todd Kaminsky did announce last week, we didn't get to this, that he's uh, retiring from politics. He's out. He's done. I wonder why. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Only uh, responsible for the worst, worst law policy ever in the history of New York State. Right. That wasn't yeah. a uh, a choice. That was we retired him basically. We did. Yeah. And, and, and I'll take a lot of credit for that. Yes, I you was, know, I was all over that. You were before before January of 2020. I was warning against it before it even was implemented. I never heard anybody mention Todd Kaminsky before you. So and, I. And uh, I I'm jumping relent- on that bandwagon. It's all you. All you. And, and you helped out, but you, I, we were relentless, and, yes. uh, as we should have been. And uh, we had, I, I would say we had some foresight, and uh, this is the end result, and uh, I'll take a bow. No, I'll no, you should. Right no, you, you were all over it from day one. Get now, out. Uh, the, the numerologist from Los Angeles that wakes up every morning very early to listen to you and I, she's, uh, she used to love Frank, uh, well, she still does, uh, Frank Morano, but she listens to us, too. She says, uh, another common-sense Democrat, we've only found, like, one or two, Tulsi Gabbard. Oh, exactly right. Common-sense Democrat who is now, I, I believe, uh, and not in the uh, sense, of the woke sense of the word, she is transitioning. Uh, yeah, no, that's a very good call. Tulsi Gabbard is, uh, she will be speaking, by the way, at the uh, CPAC yes. event coming up this yep. uh, weekend. Yeah. But no, she's a complete and total common sense Democrat. Didn't take the bait, didn't go crazy, loony, and she stood up to the uh, Hamas squad. Uh, yeah, Tulsi Gabbard is a fantastic individual. I, I wonder what's next for her. She's a former congresswoman. She ran for president. You have this crazy senator from Hawaii named Maisie Hirono. Yeah. Hopefully, somehow or other, she can uh, oh, can't stand challenge this lady yeah. and uh, you know become an actual United States senator as a Republican. That would be terrific. Uh, I don't know if she can win there. Kenny, no relation to Mike Breen, sends me this on my Instagram DM at Rosenberg Sydney at Rosenberg Sydney, and of course the Bernie and Sid show. We've got a great Instagram page at it's Bernie and Sid at it's Bernie and Sid. Kenny Breen says, "Hey Sid, please make the analogy." That Japan and Germany versus the United States in 1941 is now our reality in 2022, but it's now China replacing Japan and Russia replacing Germany. We've got mortal enemies on both sides of our country again. Uh, what do you think about that uh, message from Kenny Breen? I think that's a great uh, analogy. The parallels are 
kind of uncanny when you think about it. You have uh, yeah, Asia and you have uh, Europe. You have a couple of you have, you know, Putin acting with this blitzkrieg, and I'll call it that. That's what it is, a blitzkrieg on the Ukraine, just like uh, Hitler's blitzkrieg against Poland and yep. that started the war, September 1st, 1939. Yep. And, uh, yes, uh, uh, Japan had hegemonistic designs on the globe, on the region out there, and China, no different right now. That The exact same thing. They want to dominate. And they've, they, they've been around. They, they have this thing called the Belt and Road Initiative. Uh, it's a real wonky inside-the-beltway term. But they're going into uh, third world countries, and they're, they're building, you know, tr- building up the, these countries' infrastructure, but not out of altruism because they want to dominate these people. I mean, it's very sneaky, very, very, very uh, shrewd on their part. So that's a, a Breen. That's yeah. a very good analogy. That's where we find ourselves today, and we can't turn a blind eye to China as Russia does what it does because China is the real, real bigger threat. Yes, they are. All right. So although, again, as I said this morning, they may not be a bigger threat because they're more measured, and uh, crazy is always a bigger threat than big. And although China is bigger than Russia at this point, Russia is crazier. And to me, that's scarier. Anyway, uh, I, we did find out that lady's name. I'm going to make my way into Brooklyn this weekend. And uh, I'm moving to a different borough. I have not announced yet where it is, but it's closer to Brooklyn. And uh, I'm going to have dinner at Michael's Restaurant, I think, on Saturday night, which is on Nostrand Avenue and Avenue R in Brooklyn. And part of that territory, that's part of the territory, that the lady that John Katzmatidis brought up overseas, her name is um, Inna Vernikoff. That is the lady's right. name. Right. Yes. I was close. I was close. Yes. Yes. And uh, she uh, she overlooks the Midwood section, uh, a lot of the Midwood section, Sheepshead Bay, all those areas, once again, heavily populated by Ukrainians and Russians and a host of other nationalities. Anyway, we'll, uh, we'll put the word out to Anna, maybe get her on tomorrow, because that section right there, not far from Michaels of Brooklyn, really feeling the effects of what's going on in the Ukraine this morning. 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. John Katsimatidis was terrific. Four more big-name guests still to come your way. Governor David Patterson is coming up next. We'll also talk to Bill O'Reilly, Ben Carson, and Valerie Bertinelli. Zippity-doo-dah, zippity-ay. My, oh, my, what a wonderful day. <laughs> Plenty of sunshine. Yuck. Head my way. way. Zippity-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee
in the state of New York, and he's an all-around great guy. He's a colleague of ours. He, he appears at 5 o'clock with Mr. Katz on 77 WABC. Uh, David Patterson, good morning to you, sir. Good morning. I want to thank uh, Mr. Katz and Margot Katz-Matidis for taking this time out to celebrate uh, Black History Month. And for you and, uh, and Sid for doing the same thing, uh, I just want to point out that the original Black History celebration was called Negro History Week and began in 1926 when a black publisher named Carter G. Woodson set that week aside for two reasons. One was to educate younger people as to the contributions of African-Americans as this country has developed. And the other was to educate adults on the fact that almost every issue involving the Declaration of Independence, the United States Constitution, and the history of, uh, of, of the United States in general has always centered around how to address the issue that uh, blacks were um, in the country. And the reason, uh, the week that he chose was because Frederick Douglass was born February 14th, 1818 and died February 20th, 1995. So he took that week and that eventually became uh, Black History Month. Very interesting. And as a matter of fact, though, uh, I think it was Ronald Reagan. Was it not uh, Governor Patterson who extended the week uh, to a month, uh, Black History Month? Black History Month. I thought maybe because he also wanted to include his birthday which is February 6th. <laughs> that's right. Uh, Very good. Ronald Reagan was born on February 6th. That's right. I have to tell you, last time you were on this show, David, was MLK Day. Bernie was out that day, but it was me and Curtis. And um, we hosted that morning, and, and you came on, and you were you were brilliant. You're always brilliant. Uh, but you gave us so much information about MLK that day that no one really knew. And we already mentioned his name earlier in today's program. Bernard did, actually. And we were talking with John Katz and Matides about the progress we've made and how far we've come and all of the great contributions the African-American community has made uh, to us here. You tell us, Governor David Patterson, have we come as far as me and Bernie say we have, or is there still a lot more work to do? Well, I I heard the conversation with uh, Mr. Katz and Matides, and one of the reasons that Martin Luther King held the march on Washington in 1963, which was was because he wanted to celebrate the achievements that they had already made after the Supreme Court decision in uh, 1955, which uh, uh, held that separate but equal was no longer allowed in this country. And so those leaders, if you notice, they always came to the rallies dressed up very nicely. They were always polite, even when they got pushed around and when they didn't uh, march from uh, Montgomery to Selma, even when they got beaten up uh, on the Edmund Pettus Bridge. And this idea of of fighting discrimination with anger has had a role, but a much smaller role than it's ever really uh, given credit for. So in other words, like right now, there's this whole issue about um, the uh, what do you, <laughs> I've actually forgotten what we call it, that this New thing about education. Critical race, critical race theory. CRT. Critical race theory, yeah. The thing about it is not that many people support it. It's really not going anywhere, but it gets talked about a lot. And it's the most inane, inept idea at this particular point, because what it would be doing is erasing uh, the true history and replacing it with an interpretation. 
So obviously we don't need it. Now, here's the problem. We still have critical race theory going on in this country from before. There are 27 counties in the state of Texas who teach that some Africans were recruited to come over to help with chores on the farm. I don't think that's exactly what was going on at that particular hmm. time. Uh, no. uh, and Texas, Texas is one of 13 southern states that, uh, that teach in their history books that the Civil War was a battle between the North and South over states' rights. They don't even mention slavery. So this is critical race theory in old-fashioned way going on right now. And instead of getting rid of that, some people are so angry that they now want to turn it around. And in other words, and give everyone a taste of their own medicine. We'll never get anywhere as a people treating each other that way. No, and of course, uh, a critical race theory divides people. It divides people on the basis of their skin color, which is antithetical to everything Martin Luther King stood for. And that's why it's so poisonous. Uh, Governor David Patterson on the Bernie and Sid Show as we celebrate Black History Month, Black History Day here on 77 WABC. Uh, Governor Patterson, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you about the uh, Vladimir Putin stole our thunder, a Black History Month thunder today, because he's clearly a racist himself by invading uh, the Ukraine. And uh, I would ask you this question. You're a common sense Democrat. You've already displayed that this morning, uh, amazingly, uh, and that's why we love you. Uh, but uh, my question to you is this. Uh, Putin invaded the Crimea in 2014 during the Obama administration. And now, seven years later, fast forward, He's invading Ukraine in 2021, 2022, excuse me. Uh, actually, that would be eight years later. Uh, my question to you is, uh, and Chuck Todd asked this of Antony Blinken on Meet the Press, why do you think Putin waited till now to make this move and uh, didn't do it earlier? I think he waited for a period of time where he thought he'd get the least resistance. Uh, I remember... In the debates, and, you know, obviously I am a Democrat. I supported uh, Joe Biden for president. Oh. But I remember in one of the debates with Trump, and, and they were talking about these sanctions, and uh, Biden said something like, China's going to have to live up to, the, um, to uh, the, the treaties that they've signed. China has never lived up to the treaties they've signed, and neither has Russia. That listener who wrote in a little while ago saying that they've replaced uh, Germany and Japan as the ma major enemies of the United States. I think one of the biggest problems in this country is that we haven't recognized that. And although they have these groups, I went to dinner the other night uh, recognizing the relationship between China and the United States, but I almost felt guilty for being there because at no point in the dinner did they talk about the fact that the Chinese are really moving toward what a very small percentage of the uh, population who are the communist Chinese want, which is full world domination. Even the Russians are afraid of them. So my view is that Putin waited for a time, and I thought he would invade uh, yeah. uh, Kiev, and I thought he would invade that whole area, because, in my opinion, he knows that the issue on the table, that the United States left on the table, was the fact that the Ukraine might actually uh, uh, join NATO. But everyone knew that Ukraine will never join NATO, but we never took it off the discussion right. in the negotiations. So, in, in other words, I'm not saying that it's our fault that the war started because we didn't attack anybody. 
But what I am saying that I think we lost the negotiation, and now that has led to the violence. Uh, listen, Dave, I love you. I love you. You know how much I love you, right? And I, know, I think you love me, too. You love Bernie, too. But there's no sure – and, and, you're, and you're a brilliant man, and you just laid out a bunch of very important facts. But come on. You just gave us like a three-minute answer and never said the word Trump. It's a very simple answer. When Donald Trump was president, none of this stuff happened, and it wouldn't happen if you won again. There's your answer. Forget about the rest of the stuff we just laid out. If Donald Trump was still president, you can bet your ass, David Patterson, this never would have happened last night. I promise you. Well, Donald, Donald Trump had a pretty good relationship with, the, uh, with Putin. He was able to keep him from uh, some of the activities he's, he's involving now. And I think the way he did it, also goes back to uh, President John F. Kennedy and President Ronald Reagan, who they didn't uh, they didn't react to the situation. Uh, they challenged the communists on, in both situations to uh, to uh, to, uh, to attack them. And I think that was a better policy than what we saw right now. Uh, if Joe Biden took away our energy independence, which uh, former President Trump uh, enabled us to have, uh, you know, because of the pipelines and the uh, drilling and the, the, the ramped up uh, progression of the energy sector under him. And also he strengthened NATO by making them pay their fair share, strengthening NATO big time. So uh, Putin knew that it wasn't a good time to do it under Trump. And and now you have uh, Joe Biden, who who, again, uh, he re- really strengthened Russia by taking away our own I- energy independence and allowing you know, that pipeline to go forward. And so in enriching uh, uh, Russia, allowing them to finance this uh, this incursion into the Ukraine. I think that's partially the answer. The, we have a weak, feeble uh, commander in chief. And that that I guess that's the upshot of, of the answer that we were looking for, essentially. We talk about this country being on the uh on the gold standard, I think we're actually on the oil, oil standard. Whenever the prices of oil go way up, we seem each time to have other calamities accompany it. So anything that triggered that, uh, and that's what happened when the president uh, shut down the pipeline, that was the catalyst for a lot of what we're seeing right now. No, there's no question. So let's get to the governor race, because, again, you were a, a proud governor and a great one. Here in uh, New York, David, and, of course, Kathy Hochul is the governor right now. She wasn't elected. She took over for a disgraced Andrew Cuomo. Now we've got a bunch of guys on the right, whether it's Zeldin or Giuliani or Astorino or maybe Governor Pataki, Harry Wilson. All these names are, uh, are jumping into this. Uh, you probably can tell, Dave, because you listen, I know, every morning that me and Bernie are not huge fans of Kathy Hochul. You do a great job predicting football games with us on Fridays. Can you right now handicap the governor's race, even though it comes up next November? Well, one of the problems that Governor Hochul has right now is that her approval rate is 46 percent. It's going to have to get better than that before uh, I can comfortably say that she'll get reelected. Well, let me ask you this. Why why do you think it's that low? What What do you think is the major rub that it's that low? I think that in spite of the fact that she's made a number of decisions very quickly, she is an impatient governor. And I say that in a uh, complimenting her, that when things happen, she reacts to them, whether you agree with her or you don't. And I actually like elected officials like that. They don't sit around 
uh, you know, waiting for the wind to blow in whatever direction that they want. But what I would say is I don't think right now, if you look at the voting patterns, there are twice as many state senators uh, that are Democrat or, that are Republicans, and there are twice as many assembly members that are Democrat than Republicans. So turning the whole race around so someone like Lee Zeldin, who I think is the most poised and the most effective and actually the most professional wow. of all of the Republican candidates who want to run against Hochul, it would be very hard for all of that to turn around unless uh, Hochul took some extreme positions that I don't think she's going to take. Now, when you take the extreme positions like Todd Kaminsky did, uh, you're going to get the reaction where uh, he lost by 20 points in the DA's race in Nassau County. And he also took down the county executive, Laura Curran, who I think most people thought was a good county executive, replaced by a person who's really been dynamic in his first month, uh, Bruce Blakeman. Yeah, yeah, he's great. And to that point, uh, on the way out, Governor Patterson, as we celebrate Black History Month, Black History Day on 77 WABC and the Bernie and Sid Show. Uh, Governor Patterson, uh, yeah, uh, uh, Kathy Hochul is not for reforming that Todd Kaminsky law, the mastermind, quit politics. She's not for reforming it, and maybe that contributes to her low approval ratings. But quickly, uh, uh, Eric Adams is the media darling. He's got a lot of attention. People listen to him. He could uh, forcefully call out Carl Heastie, Andrea Stewart-Cousins, they're getting a, a, a lot of people killed, particularly in the minority community, by not putting this up for a vote in the state legislature, this uh, no-cash-bail law. And Eric Adams, do you think he's forceful enough to try to get this law reformed? Because that is what uh, the, the, the underlying basis for the crimes that are being committed, again, killing people mostly in the black and Latino communities. Well, he took the initiative to go up to Albany and try to meet with them, and they wouldn't even basically allow him in the room. But let me just say this. In the end, and politically, Eric Adams can wait. He can wait until after this election. And if they don't change their tune, I predict that the Senate and Assembly added up will lose 20 seats in wow. the 2022 election. I don't think uh, Democrats will lose the governor's race, but I do think – will lose a lot of seats. And when they do, Eric won't have to leave his office. They will be <laughs> at his doorstep pleading for mercy. Oh, one wow. last thing about Black History Month. I really was happy that the NFL talked about the first black players in the NFL. The NFL was not always segregated. They segregated it in the 30s, yep. but then changed it back in the early 40s, True. and there were four black players that they honored. But the player most thought to have been, who would have been the first uh, NFL black football player Sid was who? The player most thought to be the first NFL black player was who? Uh, not Satchel Page. No, uh, you got me, Dave. I don't know who was it. It was Jackie Robinson. Oh, he true. Chose to go, yes. He chose to go and play baseball yes. because wow. baseball was the national pastime and far more popular than football. True. And baseball is going to be less uh, popular than. Um, than uh, the luge if they don't settle the strike right away. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i got to tell you, you're such a great guest. Uh, uh, 30 seconds to go. Pataki is talking about running for governor again. Will there be a return to politics for David Patterson? Pataki. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm going to go to the inauguration of the next governor next year. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be it. Hey, you're a terrific guest, uh, really a great guest every time you're on. Thank you so much for joining me and Bernard. We love having Thank you, you, Pat. Thank you, Bernie, great to hear you back. 
Uh, you're so kind, uh, Governor Patterson. I, I, I really appreciate that. Thank you very much. And thanks for appearing. And happy uh, Black History uh, Day on here on 77 WABC. Thank you, sir. Take Thank care. You. All right, David Patterson right there. Still lots more to do. Next hour, of course, Bill O'Reilly. And then we'll talk to Ben Carson and the lovely Valerie Bertinelli coming up in the 9 o'clock hour only halfway through. It's already been a phenomenal show. Bernie and Sid, the Thursday edition, continues right after this. Sit in the morning program as we celebrate Black History Month, Black History Day. I do want to send a shout out to a uh, guy that loves this show, really loves the show, Ava Hamburger's plumber. His name is Joe Vitmar. They actually call him Joe the Plumber. Remember Joe the Plumber in the early days of uh, Donald Trump and Art? I do, yes. Uh, yeah. He was a he was a star for about five seconds yeah. there. I think he was out of Ohio. I'm not sure. but uh, Yeah, you're right. Exactly. Right? Yeah. right? So Joe the Plumber Vitmar, somewhere in, uh, I believe, by uh, Rockland County, huge fan of the show, listening right now. Good morning to him. We had a great 7 o'clock hour. John Katsimatidis and Governor David Patterson both did a terrific job. Coming up this hour, this one you cannot miss, Bill O'Reilly at 840. Of course, he'll talk mostly about this Russia-Ukraine conflict going on right now. And then Ben Carson and the lovely Valerie Bertinelli coming up in the 9 o'clock hour. Just to reset where we are today, folks. Uh, we did talk about Black History Month and Day moments ago. We'll get back to that. But if you missed it, last night Russia did, in fact, invade the Ukraine, a full-scale invasion. Vladimir Putin announcing it's war, 40 dead uh, at the last count, probably more by this time. And uh, they bombed a bunch of cities, including the capital, Kiev. And it looks like uh, Vladimir Putin and Russia hell-bent on um, capturing this territory, not uh, really caring much about the sanctions levied by Joe Biden, not paying attention to the NATO countries. In fact, Putin came out and said, if you interfere with me and us in this invasion, you will see the wrath. You will never have a day as bad as, as what's coming your way if you interfere. So at least it looks like one or two days in, Vladimir Putin is going to do what he wants, and nobody, especially Joe Biden, will convince him otherwise. No, he is all in. This is... Uh... This is a lot more than people expected. This is full scale, a full scale invasion is what it is. And uh, this guy, you know, talking tough the way he's talking, you, you never heard him really speak like this. He's always been measured and kind of hidden his mean streak, but he's a former KGB guy. And so the real Putin is out there. And uh, again, he's in his 70s and he laments the, uh, the, uh, the, 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 the diminishment of the Soviet Union, the fall of the Soviet Union when they had their glory. 
and all this uh, domination throughout the world. And now he's he's apparently hell-bent on getting some of it back, uh, starting with the Ukraine. And keep in mind, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Putin and Russia, they have 6,000 nuclear missiles, nuclear missiles. So uh, when he makes threats, uh, you know, first of all, you have the cyber attack threat. Uh, you have uh, and the missile threat. So he, he could actually execute on some of these things. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because my son Gabriel asked me last night. He said, Daddy, he's aware that Russia has all these nuclear weapons. He doesn't know what 6,000, but he's aware of it. And he said, uh, what if uh, Putin decides one day that he wants to attack us? And, um, of course, me, I got to answer him like I'm Chuck Todd, you know. And I'm like, don't you worry, son. There's no way any nuclear weapons will get. Uh, from Russia to the United States without us taking this thing out as soon as it exits the uh, the place of uh, the destination, uh, not destination where the where the bomb originates. I have no idea if that's even true. I mean, it's not true. No, no. Here's what you have to uh, uh, you, you know, hang your hat on, and, and it was true during the Soviet Union, which was a concept called mutually assured destruction. In other words, if he uh, points and fires a missile toward us, right, we will just obliterate russia we will obliterate and he knows that he knows and that's what that's what saved that's what stopped the nuclear war was this concept of mutually assured destruction what if he's just crazy what if he's lost his mind what if he doesn't care at this point he he could take out maybe a city or two here but uh again he's right in sarah palin's backyard he's close (laughs) uh no it's dangerous but he's a lot of this uh, tough talk is directed uh towards the the nato nations uh, towards the Baltic states, I would imagine, towards Poland, towards yeah. Germany, yeah. And, and and people like that. If you guys get try to get tough with me now, I'll, I'll I'll teach you guys. I mean, so I would imagine that's the case. But either way, this is all in, and we have the law of unintended consequences. We don't know where it goes, and uh, we have this this feeble, feckless uh, imbecile uh, that leading this whole thing, and his crew of uh, incompetent clowns. Kamala, Jake Sullivan, Ron Klain. I mean, these these uh, are not Lloyd exactly Austin, military strategists. General Milley, Lloyd Austin. But right. yet, you hear a guy like Bill O'Reilly, and uh, no one has more respect for Bill than you and I. We both readily admit, without any hesitation, he's our best guest every week. He's brilliant, and he is all those things. He's going to join us coming up in about 30 minutes. And he has made it very, very clear with me last Thursday and this morning again that he is not taking Joe Biden to task over this Ukraine-Russia conflict, that he, although he admits he's weak, he does not think Joe Biden has done a bad job. How, how do we convince Bill that's not the case? Well, I would just point out that uh, he, he, he killed our energy sector, uh, enabling Russia, empowering Russia, enriching Russia to finance this, uh, this military incursion. He, 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 he empowered Russia by – we actually import – I think it's 11 billion barrels of oil per day into the United States now. We didn't do that before. We were actually exporting oil before. So he actually helped uh, Putin do all this stuff. He okayed their stupid pipeline that, that uh, goes around the country of Ukraine. In other words, there are pipelines. And the reason, one of the reasons why he wouldn't invade Ukraine necessarily uh, because uh, the, 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 those pipelines that go through the Ukraine – uh, Ukraine could turn them off, shut them off. They can, uh, and they would screw the Russians. Whereas the uh, the Nord Stream two pipeline goes around the country of Ukraine, and it doesn't pose a problem. So, in other words, Joe Biden actually helped by being weak. And remember, it was Donald Trump who came in 
and gave Ukraine these uh, these fierce, very effective anti-tank missiles uh, and, and machines, et cetera, et cetera, whereas Obama gave them blankets. So uh, it was President oh, Trump who, who helped. He, I swear to God, it's a I true know, story. It's true, no, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and then then comes back in Biden and, and he puts all these soft policies, these pro-Russia policies, yeah. enabling this very thing yeah. to happen right here. Uh, right listen, now. I agree. And, and when you asked David Patterson, when you asked him the question, you had the answer in mind. And uh, he gave this really very smart, detailed answer, talked about China, talked about Russia. But you and I were looking for one word, one word, Trump. That's it. That's it. And then when I posed that to uh, Governor Patterson. He did not argue. In fact, he came back and he agreed that, yes, Donald Trump did have that relationship with Vladimir Putin and that it probably would not have happened. Even Governor David Patterson admitted that moments ago on this uh, radio show that if Donald Trump was still the president of this country, this ain't happening. China's not flirting with going into Taiwan. North Korea's not testing missiles all over the place. None of this stuff happened when Trump was in charge. So the idea that Biden's weakness doesn't play a major role here is ridiculous. I'm sorry, Bill O'Reilly. No, you're so right. Weakness begets aggression in war. Strength begets uh, peace. It's a tried and true uh, concept throughout the centuries. And we're witnessing it right now. We're reaping, the, sadly, uh, the the dividends of it, the, the, the sad, violent dividends of it right now. We're witnessing it. So, uh, yeah, Joe Biden has a lot to do, a lot of uh, responsibility for just this uh, situation. And, by the way, it, 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 in the end, it kind of helps him because it's a distraction from all his other failures, a complete and total distraction from uh, the inflation, the crime, and all that stuff. Uh, so uh, I, I don't know what to make of the whole thing. It's, it's just the whole thing makes me sick. Uh, the real problem is really China. It's not our business. There's no what is our national security interest in this Ukraine-Russia uh, conflict. I can't figure out any. I don't think we should be this heavily and deeply involved in it right now. Let them fight it out and let the chips fall where they may when the dust settles. Then we'll say, okay, what's, what's, what's going on? Who, who's leading what? And we'll deal with you and you? Okay, fine. That's the way I look at it. I'm with you 100%. Now, Bernie, we're also celebrating Black History Month, Black History Day today. You made the joke a couple of times that uh, Putin's a racist because he knew about this day on WABC, and he still invaded Ukraine, taking away the spotlight. That's actually very funny. But uh, we did talk to Governor David Patterson last hour. Ben Carson, oh, what a great guy coming up. In the 9 o'clock hour, guests all day long, a big press conference coming your way live from Stage 17 on WABCRadio.tv. Comes your way at noon, led by John Katz and Matidis, uh, here later on. What is that, Luke? Isn't it 77? Oh, 77. I confuse it with the last place. That's right. Excuse me. Uh, anyway, it is a full day of celebration, which you and I are all too willing to do. And what a great uh, little note there by uh, Governor David Patterson. First football player, actually the Brooklyn Dodgers superstar, Jackie Robinson. But uh, as you pointed out this morning, Bernard, not once but twice, you cannot, you cannot uh, not recognize the contribution the African-American community has made in this country Forever. Oh, no, you can't. Uh, they, they, they've contributed to the vibrancy, the fun, culturally, uh, sports-wise, and in the private sector. A, a lot of names you don't know where, uh, you know, they, they, you, you've heard of uh, Eli Whitney and uh, people like that. But there are many, many others. Right now there's an effort to recognize a guy. Thomas Edison is widely credited for uh, inventing the light bulb, but they say – uh, that there was a black man that worked for him 
who without without whom the, the light bulb wouldn't have been possible. In other words, he came up with the, the filament for it. So the contribution is, is wide and far, and, uh, you know, we're a much more fun place. You can point to some of the negative things, but we're a much more uh, – we're a better place because of the African-Americans in, no uh, in our midst. There's no question no about doubt. it. Except, of course, if we're talking about Al Sharpton – Kamala Harris. Well, that, those are the negative things that I'm talking about. I mean, the, the haters and the yeah. people who want to look to the past. Hawk Newsom. Yeah, those types of people. Like, yeah, those creeps. We don't, we, we don't need them. We, we, no. we, 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 we're trying to dwell on the positive That's today. right. It's a big celebration. At the behest of Mr. Katsimatidis, because it is uh, Black History Day here on 77 WABC. And you're like, you're like the closest thing I know to uh, Steve Martin in the, the movie The Jerk, the great movie, when uh-huh. he was white and you grew up a poor black man, of course, uh, Navin Johnson. In that you grew up in a very uh, rough and tough Bronx neighborhood where you were basically a black kid, basically. Well, I grew up with a black kids, right, a, a lot right, of black kids, but right, uh, right. no, I was still a uh, still a white Irish kid who did a lot of uh, running away from uh, hostile black kids. <laughs> oh, that's what it was. <laughs> who uh, didn't feel that uh, ebony and ivory uh, spirit that uh, right. Paul McCartney and Michael Jackson sung about. <laughs> uh, no, no, I wasn't. Uh, I was. I was not Eminem. I, I didn't. You know, I wasn't. Yo, man, I wasn't talking like yo. I wasn't one. I wasn't a Chinese Muslim type. You didn't do that in those hoods. You didn't. Tra- I, you didn't transition into a black man like like Navin Johnson. No, despite the fact that I had black friends, I right. didn't. Uh, I was still maintained uh, my own individuality as a white Irish kid in a uh, projects in the Southeast Bronx. There you have it, folks. The great Bernard McGurk. All right, still to come, Bill O'Reilly coming up at 8.40. Very excited to talk to Ben Carson coming up at 9.05. The lovely Valerie Bertinelli coming up at 9.25. 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. We roll on on a celebratory Thursday here on WABC. Bernie and Sid will be right back. Oh, the great Louis Armstrong. You know, for many years, Bernard, before my father, the late great Harvey, you can leave this playing, before he would sing What a Wonderful World at all of the events at my family, bar mitzvahs and weddings, he would do this number, Hello, Dolly, which, of course, was Armstrong's first major, major hit. So there you have it, some Harvey tribute for you today. It sounds like right up Harvey's alley. It's it's a a happy song, happy song. Love Louis Armstrong. Well, we're going to celebrate uh, Black History Month today. 77 WABC is giving away this free limited edition 77 WABC Black History Month pin. It's a gorgeous pin. To get yours, just go to wabcradio.com slash pin and celebrate Black History Month with us at 77 WABC. That's wabcradio.com slash pin. Be your free 77 WABC Black History Month Pin. Take it away, Bernard. Uh, listen, yeah, we're going to do uh, Lydia Saran. Oh, we're not doing no, Lydia this not morning. Today. No. Oh, my bad. I was totally uh, in the tank for Lydia Saran. So let's get back to the uh, story of the day. I mean, it's it's everywhere. There's no other story but the invasion of the Ukraine. Yeah, but by... what happens? What happens if the baseball players and owners come to agreement this afternoon? That, that could take, happen, right? That, does that take the Ukraine-Russia thing off the page? Oh, completely. <laughs> completely. This and, is and nothing. My, yeah, in my book as well. I think that would take the <laughs> To be yeah. serious, it would for me. <laughs> this... Mets and Yankee baseball, who cares what's going on in Ukraine? 
Well, yeah. Well, by the way, we're going to speak to uh, a Bill O'Reilly, of course, coming up here in a little bit. But uh, And he talks a lot about the corrupt, biased media. And uh, I did want to read this one CBS News tweet because it's very important. The, the revisionism that they engage in, the cover that they run for uh, even this really terrible, horrible, awful, incompetent uh, Biden administration. Here's the CBS News tweet regarding, uh, well, the news events of today. Here's what they say. The U.S. economy has been hit with increased gas prices, inflation, and supply chain issues due to the Ukraine crisis. That's it. CBS News tweet. In other words, it, those things were existing before uh, Putin invaded the Ukraine. What a bunch of clowns. What a bunch of corrupt, evil liars is what they are, because that that, that is exactly what they're going to try to do, revise history. But I'll tell you this, CNN and NBC, this is cut one. They weren't having that uh, bit of, uh, you know, uh, a bit of chicanery, that bit of revisionism. Listen, play cut one, CNN and NBC. Gas prices that were already in an eight-year high are now spiking. California yesterday hitting an all-time record, nearly $5 a gallon. A crisis in Europe has implications for everyone, John. It's a global market for energy. Any supply disruption from fighting or from sanctions could raise prices further. President Biden pledged to use every tool to blunt gas prices, but he acknowledged they are coming. And it's not just energy. Food costs could also rise. Okay, the only thing I would say, that's fake news, uh, CNN, and that was NBC. President Biden has pledged to use every tool. No, every tool would be re-implementing, rebuilding, getting started the rebuilding of the, uh, or the building of the Keystone XL pipeline and allowing uh, the, the pumping of oil, the drilling of oil on these federal lands that he banned. Uh, including the Anwar uh, Reserve up there in Alaska, which is huge and, and is responsible. I, I mean, uh, hundreds of billions of barrels of gas and oil can come out of that. Uh, I, I, it would start with oil, of course, but all around the country. He could do that, and that would mitigate, that would maybe lower the price, uh, help out the worker, the blue-collar worker who shows up with his uh, van and he wants to work all day. And it's, it's going to cost him $120 to fill his tank. That would help, and that's where NBC falls short. That's where he, they, they, they should point that out, and he should do it. As a matter of fact, none, none other than the uh, Warhawk, uh, Lindsey Graham, he pointed that out. I like what he said. I don't like the fact that he's, uh, he's such a, uh, you know, a, a hawk on all these uh, war issues like the Iraq war and now this Russia-Ukraine stuff. I think we should pull back. Our involvement is too deep. But anyway, listen. Oh, wait, well, to what... Hold on. But did he say, I, I know the cut you're going to play doesn't really touch on this. So I'm going to ask your opinion. Did Lindsey Graham actually say that we need to get involved militarily? Because I didn't hear him say that. Uh, no, but he, he, okay. he, he agrees with uh, Biden's uh, meddling and, uh, okay. you know, sending Kamala and Jake Sullivan and all these people over there. This is a, a local problem. This is a local issue. I know the sim- symbolism. This is what people are going to say. It's going to embolden China. They're going to look at it and say, well, if they can do it, we can do it. Well, let's wait for that. I mean, that's not that really is not our problem. This is really just a local problem. Well, you say that, we- but, but let me read this to you, too, because, again, I, I rely on you because you're so smart. You really are. Uh, Danielle sent me this this morning. By the way, this is why we care about what happens in Ukraine, because it affects our economy. 
the more territory Russia has, the more income it will receive, the more resources, more power. So we do need to worry about this as well as our own country and its problems. And she's not the one who says that. So while, you know, we keep saying it's their problem, it's their region, it's not our problem, you do know, you realize that economically, as bad as things are, they will get worse. Uh, yeah, well, of course, uh, you listen, uh, and, and all because of Joe Biden weakening our position, rendering us less energy independent. In fact, non-energy independent. We're importing Russian oil. I mentioned this many, many times, and that's all because of Joe Biden. But either way, if he takes over the Ukraine, I mean, so be it. I mean, we'll deal with it when it happens. I mean, that that's that. Let the when the dust settles, we'll deal with who whoever's in charge. That's the way it should be. It's not our problem. Stay out of it. There's no national security interest that I can point that that anybody I think can point to, except maybe the symbolism of allowing it. But we're not the world's policemen. We're just not. And so let, let me get to this Lindsey Graham uh, comment, which I like, and we'll opine on the other side. Take a listen. You want to help the American people? Let's become energy independent again. Why can't we open up Keystone Pipeline? Let's have a vote in the United States Senate and put Democrats on record who want to keep the pipeline shut down. Why can't we go back to aggressive fracking and unfreeze what you just said, limitations on exploring for oil and and gas here at home? We are sitting on an abundance of American-owned oil and gas, and we should be exploiting it for our purposes and helping our allies. We should be all in with energy independence. But no, we're getting our ass kicked overseas and Biden's getting led around by his nose here at home by the left. We're not going to secure a border because he would piss off AOC. We're not going to drill for oil and gas that we own because the environmental left owns the guy and Putin is kicking his ass in the Ukraine. Yeah, getting led around by uh, the left, by his nose, by the left and AOC with this a Green New Deal uh, energy policy that he has that's killing people at the gas pump. He can take care of that yesterday. He could do it. He Actually, he could do it today. He should mention that in the speech he's going to give at noon today. Actually, listen, we're going to break early because we want to get to Bill O'Reilly. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno, he's your numero uno. What? Back at the USSR. Well, folks. That's he good. was the best. He still is the best. He'll always be the best. Whether it's 9 o'clock weeknights on WABC or his unbelievable website, the best in the business, BillOReilly.com. His interviews, his columns, his TV shows, just amazing. His killing series, maybe the best yet, about to become available any day now. That's been a great series. And, of course, he's not that far removed from a historic couple of days in the great states of Texas and Florida with President Trump. Here he is, the highlight of the week and a dear friend of both of ours, the genius. That is Bill O'Reilly. Good morning, Bill. I'm humbled. I'm humbled by that introduction. <laughs> oh, hey, by, by the way, Bill, I got your book, Killing the Killers. 
Yeah. Absolutely phenomenal. What a great read. It's terrific. Thanks for sending it to me, A. But it gives me immense pleasure to read it and edifies me as well. It's, it's terrific. It's all I want to say. Well, I really appreciate that. And I'm glad you're back because it gives me a lot more material, McGurk. <laughs> when you're gone, I mean, you know, come on. Know. Um, but thank you for uh, reading the book, Killing a Killer is out May 3rd. You can pre-order on BillOReilly.com, Amazon, all of that. And I think it's an important book. Best reporting I've ever done. Wow, mm-hmm. that says a lot. A ringing endorsement uh, from himself, Bill O'Reilly. Bill, let's Let's get to the big story today. Uh, Russia does invade Ukraine last night. And while, again, uh, neither Bernie or myself considers ourselves nearly as bright as you, I got to tell you, listening to the morning message this morning, having you on this show last week, I think you're letting Biden off the hook. I mean, it's, it's really very simple. If Donald Trump was president, this would never be happening. Therefore, to give Joe Biden a pass of any kind, I think is letting Joe Biden off the hook. Okay, let's uh, walk through it, and I'll prove uh, my point is valid. So, first of all, I was wrong because I didn't think Putin would invade Ukraine. And the mistake that I made was based on I thought old Vlad was rational. Nope. He is not. That that makes him more dangerous than China. Absolutely. That's, That's right. So um, if you follow financial markets, the uh, Russian stock market has collapsed today, such as it is, and the currency, the ruble, has collapsed as well, which I knew would happen. So that's why I didn't think that Putin would do this uh, invasion, the first one in Europe, at this level since World War II. You see how serious this is. Okay, so that's number one. I was wrong about Putin um, because now we know, the world knows, that he's irrational. Now, his irrationality, Sid, has nothing to do with Joe Biden. Nothing. There's no linkage there. This is Putin. So Putin is a megalomaniac who doesn't care about human life and is going to wreak as much destruction on world order as he can. Then why did he do it the last four years? Okay. The last four years... He knew that there was an unpredictability about Donald Trump. So he didn't know what Trump would do, but he knew that Trump would do something because this would have been an insult to Trump. And Trump takes insults very seriously, as everybody knows. But that's not the same thing as Biden caused this. It's not the same thing. So Biden had nothing to do with the invasion of Ukraine, all right? Now, is Biden a good leader for America? No. Americans elected a weak president. And whenever you do that, going back to the founding of our republic, the American people get hurt. And I said that from the jump. You may not like Donald Trump, but he's not weak, and he governed effectively, and the American people gave Joe Biden 80 million votes. So now the American people are suffering, not just in Ukraine, but in economics and almost everywhere else, because we, the people, elected a weak president. Now, did that embolden Putin? Certainly. Certainly. But again, Biden is Biden. We all knew who he was. Okay? And 80 million of us voted for him. It's like New York. All right. You're going to vote for de Blasio. Your city is going to be ruined. So that's where I come from. And I don't think it's fair to lay the invasion of Ukraine on Biden. I'm a fair guy. 
Now, today, Biden now has to do the full Monty, as they say, of economic sanctions. He has to break Putin. Break him. It can be done. We have to isolate this guy and his country from all commerce. And if the Chinese don't cooperate, then we have to put sanctions on China. Okay? If you don't do that, then there will be more violence in this world. World order will collapse. So this is it. We got the initial sanctions. Okay. I know you had to do that, Mr. Biden, because the European nations, they weren't going to go for the full Monty the first time around. But now they have to. And any country that does commerce with Russia is slapped with the same sanctions. That's how you do it. So the United States, the most powerful economy in the world, Britain and France will do that. Germany, I believe, will follow along. We've already seen the Nord Stream pipeline be suspended. Okay? So these are huge economies. And they all have to say, we are not doing business with Russia on anything. Nothing. Nothing. Well, to that point, Bill O'Reilly, and to Sid's point as well, uh, you mentioned the Nord Stream Pipeline. I mean, it was Joe Biden who rendered us non-energy independent. All of that is true, Bernie. That that, that empowered and enriched Russia. All of that is true. Absolutely true. Yes. Okay? He is a bad president. But, but that enabled him to uh, enrich him. It makes it, it easier financed for him to, to do it. To finance this invasion, yes. Right. But that's, you see, what you're trying to do is saying his incompetence, Biden's incompetence, led to Ukraine. You can make a theoretical argument that's true. But it's not fair to blame Biden for Putin's action. Well, it is fair. If you're going to readily admit, Bill O'Reilly, that he would not have done this if Donald Trump was well, president, okay. of course I mean, I'm fair. suspecting he wouldn't have done it. But I'm he trying to get, it. But he didn't I'm do it. I'm trying to get Trump today on the No Spin News to basically say what he would do at this point. Right. And, he, and Putin didn't do it for four years. So right. that's a fact. Right. He, didn't, he didn't do it for four years. Right. And neither did China. Okay? Because they feared Trump. So now Biden comes in, and he is weak. He's the opposite of Trump. And now the bad guys are emboldened. It's like a kid in, in school. You get a substitute teacher, what happens? Well, hell breaks loose in a classroom, right? Because the regular teacher had control, but the substitute teacher doesn't. It's the same thing. But then you don't blame the substitute teacher, you guys, for the terrible behavior of the students. Well, I, I would blame the substitute teacher if those students didn't behave badly when the other teacher was there. So I am going to no, blame Biden. No, but it's not right. It's not fair to do well, that it, because but, but, it's the students doing the but, destructive but, action. But, but, Bill, if Donald Trump never served as president, okay, never served as president, and he said, if I was president, this would never happen, then yes. But the man served for four years, and Biden did, and Putin did Nobody nothing. Nobody is saying, Sid. I haven't heard anybody say, even on the Democrat side, that if Trump had been reelected, Putin would be doing this. It's, it, even Pelosi isn't saying that, okay? Right. So we know it's the, it is the fallacious vote of Americans that have enabled the bad guys to run wild. And Putin um, knows that Biden is weak. But right. now it doesn't do us any good. 
all right? We have to condemn Putin. Well, then and we agree. all have to we all have to demand agree. that Biden do his job and strangle the Russian economy. Well, we Everyone has that. to demand that. Now, if Biden doesn't do that, then he's impeached. Well, let me ask you okay. this. I, I mean, I think people here just care about what happens here. I mean, for the most part, right? I mean, yeah. let's be honest. So l- let's talk about above and beyond economics, which we know will take a beating here. There's no question we're going to take uh, some type of hit economically. Should, should Americans feel unsafe if they've got relatives in other parts of Europe, maybe even here in the United States? Are you worried that Putin may go completely roughshod and do more than just Ukraine? Yeah. I mean, the Baltic states, Absolutely. That's why you have to break him now. You can break him, all right? The United States and Europe can break Putin economically. And once that, those people over there don't have anything to eat in Russia, all right, and they can't make any money, and their currency is worthless, then Putin's in trouble. So that's what has to happen. Well, you know, he's, he's not going to stop. He, look. Right. I I was wrong, and you know how much I love being wrong, okay? And I didn't think this guy was that irrational, but now I know he is. And, and now fa- I know he doesn't care about his people, about his country, about anything. But ultimately, if you look at history, all the people who do what Putin has done, going back to Genghis Khan, have got it in the neck. But it's going to take Biden to do it in a way that is, he has to get out today. He says, we are going, not going to do any business with him. Europe isn't going to do any business with him. And if any other country enables Putin, helps him, we're going to slap the same sanctions on that country. No but banking, Bill, no commerce. Bill O'Reilly, I would say this. Uh, he is all in. This is a full-scale invasion. Nobody yeah. predicted this. Nobody predicted what he's doing. He's in his 70s. He's, he knows, uh, you know, his, his time, is, his days are numbered. He wants that Ukraine to be part of, the U, uh, the, part of this, uh, Russia. He, he laments the, the demise of the Soviet Union. So he's factored in whatever Biden and uh, Europe are going to say and do today. So he's all in on this. Uh, Good. I mean, Good. Uh, he factored it in. So let's see how you like it. Right, but uh, but again, he, he's not going to back down, is what I'm saying. China, um, China he, is going to bail him out when it comes to this banking, uh, any uh, of these sanctions. Beijing doesn't have that kind of economic power to bail him out. Once the dollars dry up and the Russian oligarchs that control the country along with Putin can't buy anything, all right, and the shortages of everything start in Russia, talk yeah. about supply chains, so they get nothing, all right, who are they going to sell their oil to? Beijing, okay, so that you want yen? That's what he's going to get. Not he going to get dollars. He could end up like Gaddafi, right? Right. Well, look, <laughs> the Russian people now have to depose him. And then you have to put so much pressure on a country, make their lives so miserable that they depose him, that the military turns on him. I don't think that the, mili- the Russian military thinks this is a good idea. What's the upside for Russia? If everyone's going to suffer 
everyone in the country going to suffer because you invade Ukraine? And what do you get out of it? Well, you know, listen, I don't think our American soldiers thought Vietnam was a good idea, Iraq or Afghanistan, but they still fought to the death. So whether it's a good idea or not, those guys are going to fight for Vladimir Putin because that's what they do. So the next question is, while people in Poland are a little nervous this morning, Bill, uh, can you ever, ever, ever see any reason? And right now there's none. I get it. But can you ever, ever, ever see any reason why the United States would get involved in any military process in this Russia-Ukraine conflict? Well, if, if Putin invades a NATO country, then there'll be a, a world war, a world shooting war. Right. Okay, there will be. We have and teams. then you got, you got nukes and you got drones and you got unbelievable uh, destructive weaponry um, that will come into play. I mean, the world can't sit by as Russia or China or Iran, those three, um, destroy the fabric of the planet. That's why wars are fought. Now, I don't think it's going to come to that because I think Putin will be deposed by the military. His own military will turn on him. I think after it's not going to be fast. But again, if you isolate that country, it's not a strong economy over there, and neither is China. And plus, the, the Ukraine—they have a million soldiers. They're 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 they're, they're passionate. They're almost, they're animals. They're going to fight to the death over there. It may turn out to be a quagmire. Yeah, it'll be a guerrilla and, war, and and then you'll have bodies coming back, just like Afghanistan. Right. The Soviet Union could not defeat Afghanistan. Ukraine's a little easier. You don't have that terrain, and you don't have that you know. Uh, difficulty on logistics, but there could absolutely be a guerrilla war over there where they're throwing hand grenades into every barracks where Russian soldiers right. are sleeping. But in the end, this is going to have to be Biden leading. So now we're at a crisis point with Biden. Wow. He's got to lead the world and crush Russia. We are in trouble if we're depending on Biden leading. <laughs> we are in major trouble. Bill O'Reilly, last go, quick question, because I loved your message of the day. It's actually upbeat. The progressive tide is turning in this country. Uh, I, I, and I see it, an awakening, an epiphany among people uh, all around the country. You, you see it. You see reports. San Francisco, they, they, they got rid of the, uh, the three woke school board members and many other examples. But – uh, elaborate, if you would, uh, uh, briefly on your message of the day. All right. Well, you had David Patterson on earlier in the broadcast. And, you know, and I'm, I'm, I really, I'm starting to really uh, pay attention to the former governor because he, he's an astute guy. And he basically says that the legislature in Albany and New York is going to stop with the progressive madness. Right? That, is that yep. the message you took away from that? Mm, yes. Okay. Yes. So I extended the message. Uh, that Patterson gave today to you guys on a national basis. And my question is a simple one because I am a simple man. The only person that I know simpler than I am is Sid. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're then at, we're at the Cro-Magnon level there. Okay, so my question is, how can you possibly continue to support a movement that has destroyed the criminal justice system the education system, the economy through the Green New Deal madness, and now we're all paying twice as much as the How can you possibly continue to do this? Now, 20, 25% of the racial Maddow fanatics will continue to do it, right. but the other 75 will not. And once they turn their back on that machine and the media that enables it, 
you're going to see big changes in this country. And I'll extend it to Russia. I mean, yeah, those you're right. They'll fight for Putin, all right, but they're not going to like it. Yep. This isn't good for anyone over there. And the more painful we make it for them, the quicker that this will stop. By the way, your friend Donald Trump was on with Laura Ingram last night on Fox News. I'm going to give you an over-under, 10 seconds, 10 seconds, Bill O'Reilly, before Donald Trump said, if I was still president, yeah, sure. this wouldn't happen. Sure, and, and if I get him today, um, we're efforting to try to get him on the No Spin News tonight. I'm going to say that up top so he doesn't have to. He'll say it anyway. <laughs> and I'll say, look, everybody thinks if you were president this wouldn't happen, but what would you do now? Right, right. That's right. what I want to know. Let's advance the ball. Right. That's a good question. I'd love to hear that. I can't wait to listen later on tonight. As always, you were magnificent this morning. This was a great and a very valuable conversation, Bill O'Reilly. So thank you. Thank you so much. And one more time, uh, the new wonderful book of yours. What's the latest with that? Killing the Killers, May 3rd. You can pre-order on BillOReilly.com, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, all of that. And, Bernie, thanks again for reading it. I really appreciate it. Maybe you want to read it to Sid now. <laughs> yeah. You can read it to him in the breaks. Uh, you thanks know, for you can read it to him. Thanks for writing it. Bill O'Reilly on the thank Bernie you. and Sid show. You're great. Go to BillOReilly.com. Also, noon on WABC, 9 o'clock at night. And every morning at 725 on the Bernie and Sid Show, a 1-800-848-9222. We're going to speak to Ben Carson next, actually, as we celebrate Black History Day and Month. We're coming right back. L is for the way you look at me. O is for the only one I see. V. Is very, very extraordinary. E is even more than anyone that you adore can love. Is all that I can give to you. Love is more than just a game. You gotta love it, ladies and gentlemen. Two in love can make it. Take, Take my, my heart, heart please, please don't, don't break it. You can't see this, was made but right now, Gabby Lopez has the camera on across the glass. So it's Frankie Diaz with an E, Luke Lograno, Justin Alec, and uh, the intern Claudia. And they're all dancing and smiling. They couldn't give a rat's ass that people are dying in Ukraine as we speak. Pretty much that's the uh, sentiment among the American people. People do not care about this. This is uh, halfway around the world. It really is a, a, a sort of a civil war, just like the Sunnis and the Shiites in the Middle East. And uh, we should not be as deeply involved, in my opinion, as we are. However, it is a violent, awful situation that could spiral out of control. It's happened, and uh, we have to deal with well, it, to I your guess. Point, I, I think more New Yorkers are upset that Kemba Walker has played his last <laughs> game as a Nick. Then, uh, <laughs> Yo, that, that's funny, man. That's funny right there. Yeah, there, there are a lot of issues. Well, and, and on a serious note, crime, inflation. I mean, there's so many other things out there that we should be worried about. Not who runs Ukraine. Ukraine is not a democracy. It is a corrupt state run by a former stand-up comic, for God's sake. That's true. We just don't care. Yep. Uh, listen, is Ben Carson uh, on the line? He is. Oh, my God. I, I'm so thrilled. To welcome a great American, his name. Of course, he worked as the uh, HUD secretary under President Trump. He is a, uh, a neurosurgeon and a, a brain surgeon. He's just a brilliant man, just a great guy. His name is Ben Carson. We're celebrating 
Black History Month, Black History Day here on 77 WABC on, on the Bernie and Sid Show. Let's bring him right in. Ben Carson, good morning to you, sir. Good morning. Glad to be with you this morning. Nice to have you. The pleasure is all ours, sir. Uh, listen, before we get into some of the serious uh, topics out there, I want to talk about Black History Month and Day. And, of course, you came from a hard scrabble existence. We know that. And you rose to the top. You're a brilliant man. It's unbelievable uh, what you can do in a country like America. Your thoughts on Black History Month, Black History Day here on 77 WABC and the, uh, the, the nation in general. Well, you know, Black History Month is American history, and American history is black history because, you know, we're all part of this together, and uh, we've all made contributions. In the past, a lot of the uh, contributions by black Americans were overlooked. I think that that's in the process of being rectified. And, you know, we have a lot to be proud of uh, as a nation. And the question is, you know, can we continue to build upon our success or are we committed to building on our failures? And see, that's what a lot of people, particularly in the left, they want to take the things that uh, perhaps were not the most glorious parts of our past and they want to hark on those things and build on those things. That can never lead to a good place. It just leads to conflict. And, uh, you know, we have no reason whatsoever to be enemies with each other except that we're allowing people to stir up that strife on the basis of race, gender, income, religion, you name it, because the United States of America is an incredibly powerful place, cannot be brought down by Russia or China or Iran or North Korea, but it can be destroyed from within. Oh, that is so smart. (laughs) <laughs> that That's is so happened. true. That is so true, Ben. I used to get a kick out of you when you announced that you were running. I was in Miami at the time. I used to hear you with my friend Joyce Kaufman all the time down in uh, Fort yes. Lauderdale. Remember those days, Ben? And Yes, absolutely. Yeah, she's a good lady. She loved you, and I loved you, and you did a terrific job. And I must tell you that we're going to talk about Biden here in the country now, but last I checked, Donald Trump gave you that wonderful opportunity. Last I checked, you're a black man. Last I checked, African-Americans, when he was president, never fared better. They made more money. There were more jobs. It was a wonderful time. Yet, yet, he was labeled pretty much as a racist president, as a guy that got that opportunity from Donald Trump. How ridiculous was that? Well, you know, he believed that a rising tide lifts all boats, and he understood economics. You know, there there are people who say that there's a natural ebb and flow of economics. And there'll be times when it, things are good and things times are, things are bad, and that's a natural phenomenon. It's not natural. What happens is at times we have people in office who know what they're doing, and then we have people who don't. <laughs> that's what causes the ebb and flow. I mean, you look at you look at what's going on right now. Uh, for instance, in in Russia, we gave Putin the keys. You know, we were energy independent and net exporter of energy. Uh, we were able to control our own destiny. We had the cleanest air and water since it's been measured. And this is not to say that there's anything wrong with green energy and aspiration to achieve green energy. But what a smart person would do is take what you have to get what you want. You know, you use what you have. Right. You can work on green energy in the meantime. And as it becomes more viable, you substitute. But to just 
you know, crash the whole system because somebody else was doing it and achieving good results. That's infantile behavior, and we're seeing the consequences of it now. Suicidal behavior, I would posit. Dr. Ben Carson on the Bernie and Sid Show as we celebrate Black History Month, Black History Day. Sir, I would ask you this question. We'll get back to the Ukraine in in a moment, uh, if you don't mind. But uh, uh, regarding race relations in this country, blacks and whites, you had the George Floyd incident, and then you had the election of uh, Joe Biden, who was supposed to unite us. I mean, before the George Floyd incident, I don't think there was any cognizance of any real fissure among the races. I think everything was going along swimmingly. And then you had uh, uh, the overreaction to the death of George Floyd, Black Lives Matter coming along and stoking division, and you have this critical race theory. And then Joe Biden actually backing all of that nonsense. And I think we're in a worse place now because of the election of Joe Biden than we were prior to it. Oh, without question. I mean, you, you look at the children, the poor children. And, you know, if they're white, they're being told that they're oppressors and they're creating everybody's problems. Uh, if they're black or another minority, you can't possibly be as successful as you should be because you have a systemically racist system. You know, if if people just stop and think about it logically, if we were a systemically racist and unfair country, why would people be forming caravans to get here? Uh-huh. Yeah, and true. Then, exactly. and, then, yeah. And, then, and then when they got here, they would be saying to their relatives and friends, don't come here. This right. is the worst place ever. <laughs> That's not what's happening. No, well, you're right. No. But, but, but then you look at, uh, for example, uh, the uh, the Flores situation in the National Football League, Ben. I know you're a sports fan. And, uh, you know, he got fired by the Miami Dolphins after three years. And he, cra- he claimed discrimination. He sued everybody. He sued the Giants. He sued uh, the Broncos. He sued the Dolphins. By the way, he since got a job as an assistant coach under Mike Tomlin, a black coach, with the Pittsburgh Steelers, but the NFL makes the case 32 teams, only three black coaches. Percentage-wise, that does not look very good. So is it fair to say that maybe we're not there yet? Maybe the NFL has a point? Uh, is there still progress to be made? Yes, there is. Um, but, but consider this. You know, when I was a kid and a black person came on television in a non-servile role, it was a big deal. We called everybody into the living room. <laughs> yeah, right. You know? and, and now, you know, we've got black CEOs of Fortune 500 uh, companies, university presidents, including Ivy League generals. Uh, we've had a black president elected twice. I mean, the, the, the world has changed dramatically. Does it mean that we've reached Obama? No, it does not. But it means that we have learned a lot about each other. We're moving in the right direction. And there are a lot of people, me included, I, I don't really look at a person's race. I mean, what what the heck difference does that make? No. Maybe that's because I'm a neurosurgeon. You know, when I open that person's head, I'm operating on a thing that makes them who they are. It's yeah. not their skin or their hair or their nose. You know, that's only if you're very superficial, if you're very much like an animal. You know, animals have big... Uh, mid-brains because they are able to react very quickly. People have big frontal lobes because they're able to process information and engage in rational thought processing and analyze things. But we're trying to teach people to act like animals. Just look at the color of their skin, and you can make a decision based on that. Why are we going backward? Hmm. Right, exactly. Uh, Yeah, it's really inexplicable, and it's uh, poisonous is what it is. 
Uh, Dr. Ben Carson on the Bernie and Sid Show. Uh, we uh, celebrate Black History Month, Black History Day on 77 WABC. Dr. Carson, you ran for president. Uh, you're astute ob- observer of the scene. We talked about how Biden, uh, Joe Biden, uh, uh, you know, essentially enabled this uh, incursion into the Ukraine by the Russians, enriching them by destroying our energy independence and other things. Uh, this invasion of Putin has gone all in. Uh, how dangerous do you think this is? How much should we care, or should we care at all? Uh, well, it's very dangerous. The position of the United States in the world is incredibly important. When we became the world power, and we exercised that power judiciously, uh, the, the, the world changed. And all of these despotic leaders who trampled on anyone who was weaker than them, a lot of that came to a stop. It was because of the power and influence that we wielded. Now, as our power and influence wanes, you're going to see it come back again. You're already starting to see it. Black History Month, Ben Carson, I have to ask you this. We, uh, we of course, care about black lives, so the idea that black lives matter to me is ridiculous. It's stupid, to be honest, and, and we have come to find that these people that run this organization buy very nice houses and very nice cars and don't really care about African-American people. So I, for one, am very, very down on BLM, and I have been from a day one. Bernard as well. Uh, what are your thoughts as we celebrate Black History Month on Black Lives Matter, specifically? Well, if they thought that black lives really mattered, wouldn't they be in Chicago? Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't they be encouraging people, you know, to observe the law, to enforce the law? Wouldn't they be looking at some of the statistics that show that the thing that gets you out of poverty is having a good education and a strong family? Wouldn't they be emphasizing those things rather than just the opposite? Absolutely. No question about it. No, they're counterproductive. They're an evil organization. They're a con uh, con job. And uh, the, they've really done immense damage to, to race relations and this country in general. Uh, Dr. Carson, let me ask you this question. Uh, you, you talked about, as a matter of fact, it was just yesterday, you were talking about parents and kids and raising kids. We have a problem in the black community with families, fatherless families. Uh, what can be done about that? I mean, that, that really is uh, a cause for a lot of the disproportionate amount of crimes committed by black males. What can be done about that? Well, one of the things that the government itself could do, I, and I tried to do it as HUD secretary that met a lot of resistance, is we can change some of our policies. For instance, if you happen to be uh, a recipient of subsidized housing, government-subsidized housing, why do we have to have a rule that says as soon as you make more money, you have to report that so that your rent can go up? That doesn't incentivize you very much to climb up the ladder. Why do we have rules that says if there's another person in the household who has an income, uh, you have to report that so that your rent can go up? That destroys the creation of families rather than encouraging. We, we need to start looking at some of these things like the uh, Brookings Institute study on poverty that said if you want to reduce poverty to 2% or less, there are three things you can do. Number one, finish high school. 
Number two, get married. Number three, wait until you're married to have children. Mm. Just those three things. We used to know that kind of stuff. Now it's news. Uh, (laughs) It's news. (laughs) Too bad, yeah. Yeah, and you can see the consequences in our society. (laughs) It's so true. Uh, So on the way out, Ben, uh, Bernie mentioned the fact you ran for president in 2016. You had a pretty good run there, too, for a while. You were actually leading for uh, for an amount of time, and uh, you had a great campaign uh, any more political aspirations, or are you just going to stick with uh, neurosurgery for the rest of your career? Well, you know, obviously I'm, I'm working with the American Cornerstone Institute, AmericanCornerstone.org. Please look at it. Um, to try to get people back to those core principles that made us into a great nation, our faith, liberty, community, and life. And we have a little Patriots program to give the children the real history of our country. Uh, warts and all, but you know, when you look at the real history, you come away proud, not ashamed of who we are. Hmm. Dr. Ben Carson, the great. living embodiment of the American dream. Wow. Great. What a great American. What a great person you are, Dr. Carson. We love having you on the Bernie and Sid show. Uh, thanks for appearing and, uh, Godspeed to you in all your endeavors. Uh, I hope you come back. Well, thank you guys for being patriots. Take all right. You now. too. The great Ben Carson. I'll send your regards to Joycey too. She loves you. Uh, more of Bernie and Sid coming up. That was uh, great. What a show we've had today, Bernard. We'll talk to the very lovely Valerie Bertinelli, great actress and cook, coming up next. Then, of course, we'll play Beat Bernie. Then final thoughts on Ukraine, Russia, Black History Day, all that good stuff. Stay with us. Thursday edition, an epic edition of Bernie and Sid right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Cause I know that you feel me somehow. So I'm laying in bed on Sunday, Bernie, with Danielle. And, and you know, we, uh, we watch these two networks now pretty much exclusively because I'm done with the house vibes. So we watch um, HGTV because we're getting a house. And we watch uh, the Food Network because we love food, you know. Right. And we're laying in bed, and uh, here comes uh, Valerie Bertinelli. You and I have had her on the show many times, and Mackenzie Phillips, really all of them. And... Um, Oh, she's, you know, she's very cute, of course, and uh, she's, she's making some meals. She's got a friend coming in from Italy, I believe, and uh, he was just becoming a citizen. And she made him this beautiful meal from her salad, which looked great, right, right to dessert. She, um, she, was, she was really good. Like, that show was actually really good, and she has become this worldwide famous chef. And the name of the show is Valerie's... Home cooking, and uh, it's on Thursdays and Sundays. So Danielle and I caught the uh, the Sunday version, but she's also got a new book out, and it's entitled "Enough Already: Learning to Love the Way I Am Today." Famous star from One Day at a Time, maybe even more famous from the Eddie Van Halen marriage. The uh, the very lovely Valerie Bertinelli, I believe she's on the line right now. Yes, she is. Valerie, welcome back to the Bernie and Sid Show. How are you? I'm doing well this morning. How are you? We're doing well. I caught your uh, Sunday show. Um, your friend, I guess, came in from Italy. He was becoming a citizen, and you made this a wonderful salad. And I, I think it was a steak, maybe a brisket, right down to a beautiful dessert. And um, it just looked great. I mean, I was in, in uh, Manhattan, but uh, it looked like it was a delicious dinner you made for your friend. I hope he was happy. Did this make you hungry? It did. It made me hungry. It's yes, making it me hungry right now. <laughs> 
it. That's what it's all meant to do. Make you hungry and make you want to get in the kitchen and cook. <laughs> yeah, you know, listen, it did. And, look, your story is um, is a wild story. Look, you were the, the young yeah. star, had a television right. show, the great success, married Eddie Van Halen. But, look, over the years, Valerie, you've expressed some somewhere between appreciation, anger, and resentment towards all of this stuff that comes with being a Hollywood star. And I guess that's what Enough Already is basically about, yes? Yes. But that's a nice, concise uh, way to put it. Yeah. Thank you. I guess so. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> um, I guess I, when I hear the word anger, I, um, yeah, I guess, I mean, we've all felt anger in our life. I just, I'm, I'm continually trying to take anger out of my life and try to figure out what that, what that real feeling is underneath Anger is a secondary emotion. So, what is my grief and what is my fear? Because that's a that's a, 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 an emotion that more people can identify with, and it's it's more comforting to be able to get close to it. It's it's, it's a more authentic emotion. So, it's, it's not going to turn people off. Um, right. And I do come from a household where you know the angry Italian is so cliche, but you know you, you saw a lot of that in the household. So, um, but yeah, it's been a very full up and down life all through it. But I, I am left with most all of it, just pure gratitude for, wow, what a ride. Yeah, that is the attitude. That's the most healthy attitude you could have. Uh, Valerie Bertinelli, again, the book is enough already. And the uh, cooking show, of course, is on the Food Network. And I would imagine, uh, uh, Valerie, that uh, cooking is, is a release, uh, a, a release of, of that anger that you might be experiencing as well. Another great way to put it, yeah. I mean, for me, it's a release of my artistic um, creativity. Uh, my whole family is very artistic. My mom is a painter. Um, my brother is a photographer. Uh, my other brother is a graphic artist. And um, my other brother is a carpenter. So they all they have this outlet that they, they need. And I do love to sketch, and I, I love to draw, and I love to cut, all that kind of stuff. But it never really clicked unless I was cooking and that it's a really great way to explore your artistry and explore mm. your creativity and, and that's what I use it for and it is it's a it's a way I mean I can get really zen in the kitchen it's just so <laughs> yeah. soothing yeah. until of course it comes to cleaning up the dishes right that's a way to make that zen as well yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now did you lose your father recently because I lost mine about a year and a half ago it's, I'm still struggling oh i'm so sorry yeah it's it's challenging i lost my mama a couple years ago and then my dad in 2016 2016 okay now listen i'm going to make an admission to you right now i am a very shallow person i'm by no means brad pitt not even close so i have a lot of nerve to be honest with you <laughs> i'm being serious valerie but I, I i do remark about people the way they look all the time whether they're pretty or they're not pretty whether they're skinny or fat i do that stuff all the time so I'm one of those people that you're probably very frustrated with over the last couple of years. I don't do it out of malice. I just do it because I make an observation and I say it. So let me apologize now because I'm one of those people that probably does way too much of that, which is part of the reason why you wrote this book. Well, thank you. And I think that's because that's the way you were raised. But what's great about what you just said is that you're aware of it. It's the people that aren't aware of it that we, the way we treat other people is the way we would want to be treated, right? Don't we want to be treated with respect and with kindness and with, mm-hmm. with peace and love? So we should be treating other people with that way as well. And that you identify that and you see what, what you're doing is so lovely. That's wow. so kind and sweet. And, <laughs> yeah. and that, I mean, that, but we are raised with the 
way we see the men of our generation, the women of our generation, you know, or generations above us, before us, how they were treated. And it's, I mean, we have a lot of stuff to work through. And I see our younger generations now doing so much better than we did before us. And then, you know, our parents' generation, again, better than they did um, than the parents did before them. Valerie Bertinelli on the Bernie and uh, Shallow Hal show here at 77 <laughs> WABC. Valley, when you wrote the book Enough Already, I mean, there's a lot of pressure to uh, write a book. I mean, uh, you know, you have the cooking show, you're busy, you got a family, all that stuff. I mean, how, how tough was it for you to write it, uh, to get down, sit down actually every day, set aside a couple of hours, three, four, five, I don't know what it was. How tough was it for you? Uh, I didn't do it every day because it took a lot out of me. It was it was very emotional, a lot of it. Um, but it was also during the height of COVID, so I couldn't do anything else. Right, right. It was, just, it was gave me um, it gave me an outlet. No, I know that uh, I just wrote my second book too, and a lot of it also we did. Uh, during the COVID, and you're right, I was home in my apartment anyway, so you may as well have done something. I tell you, I, I, I knew you as an actress. I didn't know you personally, but I watched you on television. But I'm still so intrigued by the Eddie Van Halen chapter. I know how much you loved Eddie. Uh, your son, Whoopi, seems to be bothering in his uh, father's footsteps. He's a pretty good musician himself. So in, to Bernie's point, that had to be a very tough part of the book, the, the Eddie Van Halen section, yes? Yes. Oh, it's very very challenging um, to do, especially because it's so soon after Ed passed. Right. But it's also a, it's a, um, it's a hard line to write uh, the whole thing because everyone knows Ed's in my past. I mean, we've been together for 40 years. And we've been known each other for 40 years, and people know the history. People also know, I mean, Ed has been through some really, really tough times. Yeah. And he knows that, you know, we were separated, and it was a rough time for us, and we had been through a lot of stuff. I had written about it in my other book, so... Um, it was in no way a perfect relationship, but there was such a deep love there that by the end of his life, we were able to come back and just have that, which was such a gift. Valerie Bertinelli again on the Bernie and Situ. On the way out, Valerie, uh, your favorite, uh, well, I guess your favorite type of food to cook mm-hmm. and to consume uh, would be what? What ethnic food? Uh, and, and I have a guess, but I won't uh, reveal it right now. I'll wait for your answer. <laughs> you know it's got to be Italian. Absolutely. <laughs> and what is your what's your favorite dish to make out of the Italian section? Oh, it 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 varies. It varies so often. It just really depends. I mean, I love pizza. I love lasagna. I I love a, a great. Sometimes I just like a nice vegetarian bolognese that's made oh. with spaghetti squash. Nice. I mean, it, it really goes the, the full gamut. Well, uh, I really do enjoy, and so does Bernie, your television show on the Food Network. It's great. You look great. The food looks terrific. And uh, we want to wish you continued success with the book, Enough Already, Learning to Love the Way I Am Today. You really are an inspiration. You're the complete opposite of me. And uh, please keep coming back and, uh, and talk to us. Okay, Valerie, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Have a great day, guys. All right, sweetheart. Take care. Impossible not to like that girl, right? Uh, No, she's a doll. She's a complete and total. And, uh, yeah, uh, uh, up and down existence. Not easy being a child actress, as everybody knows. Right. And I'm glad to see she's landed in a very good spot. And she was at Eddie Van Halen and all these rumors all the time about him cheating on her. She stayed with him. She loved him. They've got a son together. 
and uh, uh, good stuff. So uh, I'm glad we had her on, and it also gave me an opportunity to uh, cleanse myself, admitting that I'm just, uh, as you said, shallow how. That was very funny, Bert. <laughs> now it's time to beat All right, Bernie. It's time to beat Bernie. Uh, Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. You think you can I beat Bernie? Good luck. It's time to beat Michelle Karekis says that she loves the back and forth between me and you, Justin. She feels like that's one of the best parts of the show. Oh, well, that's great. She's a nice lady. That's great. I hate it, so. What? I don't like it either, but people do tend to like it, so. I don't make you laugh? And unlike uh, Frankie's mother, your mother definitely enjoys it. Yeah, she does. uh, That chick's a girlfriend of yours must be happy today. She's Russian. Her country's kicking ass. (laughs) (laughs) You should get her on tomorrow. Yeah. Tell Lisa to come back, because Bernie didn't talk to Lisa last time. Okay. So let's get Lisa back she on tomorrow. She doesn't know it. She knows plenty. Her father's like with the Kremlin or something. KGB. That's right, KGB. Mm-hmm. All right, who's uh, today's contestant? Anthony out on Long Island. He's a uh, former cop security guy. Tony, what's going on, big guy? Hey, how's it going, Sid? How are you today? Um, oh, I'm very well, thank you. What part of Long Island are you in today? I'm in Selden, Long Island. What part? Selden. Oh, yes, of course, Selden. Okay, well, it's nice to have you this morning. Are you ready to play? Yeah, ready to play. I give it my best shot. All right, Tony. Here we go. Here's number one. Who wrote the anti-slavery novel Uncle Tom's Cabin? Was it A, Frederick Douglass, B, Robert Frost, or C, Harriet Beecher Stove? I'll go with uh, Frost. Wrong. You're two-legged back of anthrax. Give me Jesus. I got to tell you, that that was the, the worst of the possible three that you chose there, Anthony. It was uh, C, Harriet Beecher Stowe. I, I think I said Stowe. Uh, number two, in 1940. Who won the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress in Gone with the Wind, becoming the first African-American to win an Academy Award? Clearly, this is an African-American theme. It is Black History Month and Day here. So who won the Academy Award? She played uh, Mammy. She was great. Oh, jeez. 1940, that's a little bit before my time. What does that mean? You've heard of Babe Ruth, right? He played uh, before your time. Ah, uh, that's true. Good thank point. You. No, thank Good you. point. Yeah. But I'm a guy. We like sports. True. Uh, not gone with the wind, but... Uh, I hear you. I'm with you. Uh, um, I'm just drawing a blank on that one. All right. The answer Wrong. is um, the great Hattie McDaniel. It's number three, Anthony, of the 27 amendments in the United States Constitution. What number amendment abolished slavery? I'll give you a hint. It's the number after 12. <laughs> 13. Hey, I got it. Number four, named after a black minstrel show character, what were the laws that were meant to marginalize African Americans by denying them the right to vote, hold jobs, get an education, and other opportunities? Oh, gee, can you repeat that question? That was awfully long. Not really. (laughs) I will, yes. (laughs) Named after a black minstrel show character, what were the laws that were meant to marginalize African Americans by denying them the right to vote, Hold jobs, get an education, or other opportunities. Mm, I'm drawing a blank on that too. Don't All right, the well, laws. Wrong. You two-legged back. Uh, that would be the Jim Crow laws. And finally, uh, in 1993, Jocelyn Elders became the first African American to hold what government post, which is currently held by Vivek Murthy. Remember, remember, I see Everett Coop. Oh, uh, Surgeon General. Oh, there you go, you son of a gun. All right, you got two right, Anthony. Let's put him on hold. Where is, uh, where's my man Bernard? Right here, Sydney. Hey, uh, Bernie, this is the African-American version today, so all the answers are clearly uh, black. Oh, okay. All, all right. right. All right. 
Anthony got two right. Okay. What's up, y'all? You know what I'm saying, right? I hear you humming, yo. Who wrote the anti-slavery novel Uncle Tom's Cabin, Bernard? Was it A, Frederick Douglass, B, Robert Frost, or C, Harriet Beecher Stowe? Harriet Beecher Stowe. Yeah. C. 1940, who won the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress in Gone with the Wind, becoming the first African-American to win an Academy Award? Hattie McDonald would be the wrong answer. It's McDaniel. Very good. She was the first female. Who was the first male? You just watched him a couple nights ago. It was, uh, oh, and I love this guy, Sidney Poitier, Lilies of the Field. Very good. Of the 27 amendments in the United States Constitution, what number amendment abolished slavery? Hmm, oh, geez, 13 or 14. Let me get this right. It is, uh, oh, God, I got to get this one right. It's an unlucky number. It is 13. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that. Named after a black minstrel show character, what were the laws that were meant to marginalize African-Americans by denying them the right to vote, hold jobs, get an education, or other opportunities? The horrific, uh, stupid Jim Crow laws. Yes. And in 1993, Jocelyn Elders became the first African-American to hold what government post, which is currently held by Vivek Murthy? Uh, She was secretary. No, she was surgeon general. Look at you. Oh, there it is. Five for five. A win for Bernard McGurk again. Beat Anthony five to two. Bernie, say hello to Anthony. Anthony, what's up, my brother? Hey, how you feeling, bud? How's everything going? It could be a lot worse. Feel pretty good. Uh, where, where are you from there, Anthony? Uh, originally from Queens, but uh, I've been in Long Island for 20 years. I'm in Selden. Selden. Also, oh, you're, you're kind of out there. But uh, we're still homeboys, Long Island, Suffolk County. That's good. Absolutely. Uh, so. Uh, yeah, so hey, how are you getting by? Uh, COVID, the pandemic is over. Are you healthy, everything? I had the COVID. I'm fine. Everything's good. Thank God I'm uh, I'm healthy. All's good. All right, Anthony. Well, listen, thanks for uh, giving it a game effort. Uh, thanks for calling. Thanks for inquiring into my health. I appreciate that. And, uh, my pleasure. Well, and, uh, always say a prayer for you. Hope you're feeling good. Thanks so much, Anthony. On the Bernie and Sid Show, 1-800-848-9222. We'll close out the show uh, right after this. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC. Yo, handsome Chad Lopez is. Look at this guy in his blue suit and his white hanky. He is so handsome. He's a stud. was gay. And I had one night with Bernard, which we we, ne- we promised we'd never talk about ever again. No, no, it's just verboten. Bernie was very drunk, and he made the first move. But if I ever went back for my second night, it would be Chad Lopez. No, he is a, uh, a very attractive uh, Latino, he, and, and he's, he's well-built, too. I mean, he's, he's uh, in like, good shape. Yeah, He's in great shape, yes. Yeah. And, and he's got that... Uh, Former Navy, uh, a swim rescue, uh, you know, yeah. uh, background, which makes him uh, a hero on top of all, uh, all else. I'll tell you what, the Ukrainians can use Chad Lopez right about now. You know what I'm saying? Well, they don't have any water. I guess they have some water. But, What's the uh, matter? He doesn't need water. The guy he stands in a meeting with, with 10 salespeople. There's no water, and he kicks everybody's ass. He would take out, the, like, 30 Russians That's what I'm in, saying. You know, in an hour. Let's get Chad Lopez to the Ukraine. Right. Well, I mean, come on. Those people need help. There's so much yeah. we can do. There's just so much you and I can do besides argue with Bill O'Reilly. By the way, we put, kicked his ass this morning. Put an RPG in it. No, we didn't <laughs> kick his oh, ass. Oh, yes, we did. No, it was a spirited conversation. Uh, listen, uh, you, you cannot come on here and not blame Joe Biden and then readily admit that if Trump was in power, it wouldn't happen. You can't do that. It can't be both. 
I'm sorry. He's a genius. He's the greatest of all time. Uh, believe me when I tell you, he's forgotten more things about life than I've learned in the last 20 years. But he got his ass kicked this morning. You have to blame Joe Biden. You can't say if Trump is in power, this wouldn't Listen, happen. But I'm not going to blame Joe Biden. Uh, we may have prevailed in the argument, <laughs> you but you so do funny. not have to characterize it as we kicked Bill O'Reilly's ass this morning uh, because uh, well, we did. We did. That's exactly what we did. But we love Bill O'Reilly. Oh, God, I love him. Listen, I, I, he's, a, he's the second smartest person I know. Oh, stop. <laughs> Come on, Sid Rosenberg. You're third. I was going to put Danielle first. <laughs> oh. she, she is. Bro- she no, argues no, no, no. She's going to argue in front of the Supreme <laughs> no, Court. She is, but I, was, I was putting you first, but uh, you're right. It was a spirited conversation. It was fun. I tell you, the whole show was great. Valerie was adorable. David Patterson's a genius. John Katsimatidis was terrific. And the guy that really knocked my socks off, and I've heard him before, Joyce Kalpin down in Florida, was Ben Carson. He was great, right? He's laid back, but, uh, you know, I mean, just uh, so on point, so smart, brilliant. And, uh, again, we just went everywhere with him, and he was at no loss to just come up with an answer, bing, bang, boom, just like that. And, again, and I mean this sincerely, the epitome, the embodiment of the American dream. This guy really lived a tough young life. And he grew up to be a, a freaking uh, a, a brain surgeon, for God's sakes. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, I mean, you can do it here in America. Don't tell me that not black that. kids. Not just a brain surgeon. The guy ran for president and well, was yes. doing well. But yeah. don't tell me that black kids can't succeed. Do not say that. That is a freaking lie. And he, he, he gives lie to that, that notion right there. Yeah. And it was nice to hear a black man uh, take down BLM. When I do it, when you do it all, oh, there's those. But when a black guy says, hey, BLM is no good. That really goes to show you they haven't fooled everybody. Listen, a lot of people now know that uh, BLM was, is a scam. You just ask any of the civil rights leaders, the civic in, in Minneapolis and many other cities. They're like, these people are a bunch of phonies. We haven't gotten a nickel from these people. Yep. And as uh, somebody pointed out, who was it? Uh, well, well, it was Ben Carson. He says, why, they, why wouldn't they be in Chicago if they, right. they really believe that black lives matter? That's right. That's because where it all don't. starts. I mean, every weekend, still, every weekend, the amount of shootings and killings, black-on-black crime is absolutely astonishing. Anyway, you were brilliant today. I knew it. I said, listen, this thing goes down last night, the conflict. If anybody could explain away a lot of this stuff, it's Bernard, and uh, you, uh, you were brilliant. So Look I, I, love, I love today's show. I love it. You're very kind to say, and uh, you were damn good yourself, uh, Sid Rose, Sidney Arthur Rosenberg. Thanks, bro. I mean, it was great back and forth with all the guests. It really was. It really was. So go uh, relax. Have yourself a great day, and uh, we'll talk later on tonight and wrap up the week with a great show tomorrow. Thank you, brother. I like what I hear. Thank you, my brother. All the love. All the love to you. That's the great Bernie McGurk. You guys all did a great job today. Justin Ellick, Luke Lograno, Frankie Diaz with an E, Deb Valentine, Claudia. Thank you for stopping by. We will do this again tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. Folks, enjoy your Black History Day on WABC. We'll celebrate all day long until 6 a.m. on your Friday morning. From all of us to all of you, peace! Peace. If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at 
Info at GobbleLaw.com. Gobble Law, where winning is no accident.